Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. And we're live. Yo, What's what up? up? It's the Fornitron. And it's Jay Retro. And you're watching the update required podcast. I just love your dive bombs. I think we should actually hook up our guitars one time and just fucking yeah. just like just have a wank fest anniversary dude uh, how you doing today your anniversary uh i'm doing good man doing good i've been at work most of the day but like i did, i was watching some videos on my lunch and my breaks and stuff there's a ton of crazy news going on in the gaming sphere this week yeah. feels like it's been a huge week and it's tuesday um so yeah i'm excited to talk about all the crazy shit that's gone on uh since we last talked my friend and yeah how are you doing Doing all right, bro. Today was an exciting day. I just officially launched my Fornitron merch. So that's super exciting. Um, yeah. And hey, uh, well, let's give a shout out to some of the peeps in our chat. A uh, special shout out to Mystic Donkey. Thank you so much for dropping by in the live chat. <laughs> you, get, you get dive bombs. You get two dive bombs for how <laughs> sick you are. Uh, and then all the peeps watching from home or later on are our clips that we've just started releasing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate all of your support. I know we're a new podcast, but you know, we're new. Okay. We're new. We're just like, we're learning stuff. Like we, we, start somewhere. we haven't figured out that you like shouldn't date people at work yet, but like, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, you know, Dean, he's older. He's got a car. It's cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> yeah, just, just appreciate it. <laughs> To our peeps uh, listening anywhere, we like we appreciate, we you, appreciate uh, you so much. Uh, yeah, dude, what have you been up to this week? What have you been playing? Uh, I've still been just racking up W's in Fortnite lately. I don't know what is going on. Me and my buddy Yuri dropped uh, three back-to-back wins in duos just a couple nights ago, so that was super sick. And uh, <laughs> like all three games, we somehow ended we up in a situation. Down this house. <laughs> oh, dude. Just laying it down. Uh, I played with my buddy Blake the other day. I just went off with this gold sniper rifle and killed like six people in this one conflict. And it felt really good in my soul. Uh, But yeah, me and Yuri kept playing ourselves into like two on ones, like three games in a row. We would end up in situations where there were three people left in the game and it was like us and one idiot. And then I would just be like, Yuri, we're going to win the game again. This is ridiculous. Right. Because like as soon as that's the scenario, you're like, well, if we don't win, we're awful. Yeah. And we're clearly not awful because we keep winning. Uh, So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I've been playing Halo Infinite on my stream, which I'm bringing back. So Twitch dot tv slash j retro underscore 86 you can come hit your boy up and we're doing halo infinite the whole way start to finish including lots of side quests because i mean i'll shoot any alien you tell me is on the map so come and check that out uh it's going to be weekends usually friday and saturday now around noon pacific standard time so three for you out east and yeah, just going to keep playing through Halo Infinite. I'm loving it so far. I know that uh, it's a little bit more of a grind for my friend Jimmy here, but uh, for myself, <laughs> as a wow. massive Halo guy, I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, we've played all the Halos cover to back on my Twitch channel in the past. So it's really fun to be back to kind of my roots with Twitch uh, and playing through another Halo campaign. Uh, so yeah, man, that's what I mean gaming out on lately. What have you been gaming out on this week? Bro, I'm stoked for you on all those W's, by the way. 
Uh, somebody fucking hey. reach out to Jay Retro. And make sure that you're following his Twitch channel, like you just plugged there, and also let him know, like, dude, save some fucking vods on your channel. You got none on here. No, that's true. That's true. I was actually just watching a video today about how I should be making uh more like clips and whatnot on yeah, Twitch, which I, I agree. Don't do. But I just I've only been back at it for two weeks, guys. It's like I'm <laughs> new all over again, right? Yeah. I took like I took like a borderline year off of Twitch. Like it's been a it's been a while for you, boy. Mm. But I'm back <laughs> at it and we're gonna be back at it every weekend with some more Halo. And hey, I'll make some clips. All right. I'll do it. I'll give two whammies for I'll that. I'll put the work where, in. Where? <laughs> do the dime bag where, 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 no. <laughs> yeah what have you been playing this week okay man? i don't know why i did this to myself bro but i did because our <laughs> talk last week and we were like mama don't raise no motherfucking quitter bitch so mm-hmm. i finished hellblade I sat through what? that bitch and I finished that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like anger playing it. Wow. I was just like, I was like, fuck this game. <laughs> I'm like, I fucking hate this shit. So solve another fucking puzzle. And I anger finished that shit. And wow. there was this one part. It's the very end of the game. That was pretty hype because there, it was like the most action that's, that's ever in the entire game. And it's just like, fight after fight after fight and i was like fuck yeah i'm like more of this and i'm like let's kick it awesome here and the combat i find is super simple so like i was rocking the shit and like i was on hard mode too and but spoiler spoiler if you are planning on playing hellblade and you don't want to spoiler dip out right now okay spoiler they're gone uh they force you to die which I hate. I hate any game that like forces like something on you. I hate that. Like mm-hmm. if you if you just keep winning, like I was just like I just kept mangling all these enemies and then what they'll do is they'll just like keep pumping them infinite. Like they'll just keep respawning mm. infinite <clears throat> until you die. And I was just like, well, that's kind of bullshit. But I was happy. I finished that. And I found it a little bit confusing to look up my progress on xbox i'm new to xbox so i just didn't know but i downloaded the app on my phone so i could see my progress and i actually like almost got every single achievement in that game which is surprising because i just rushed through nice. it. so that was pretty crazy um yeah, I mean, other than that i was telling jay retro this before we started the podcast i put in like another two two ish hours into halo infinite and then i was just like i gotta finish this game too and then I was like, I was going through it and I'm like, dude, I must be, I gotta be like halfway or like 40%. And then I look at my progress, 15%. And I was like, bitch. But that's everything, right? Like, I bet you if you just play through just the core campaign, like, cause they're talking 15% of you completing like all the side quests. Oh, like okay. All the extra shit, that makes right? me feel so, a bit better then. Cause I was yeah, like, I was like, damn, 100%. dude. But um, I had the same thing on PlayStation where like I've beaten games and had it be like, you're 35 percent done with this game. And I'm like, well, I've beaten it. So you're like, no, no, PlayStation, I'm done with this game. Like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you don't understand. Like, I'm not here for the fucking trophies. I'm I'm here to play through Grand Theft Auto 5. It's over now. I've seen the ending. Yeah, we're done. Mark me down for 100 PlayStation. I'm done. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's me. 
Like I play so many freaking games. Like somebody like yourself, I'm sure when you play Bloodborne and stuff, like you're after probably getting all those trophies and things like that. Only those games. So only games that I truly, truly love do I want to get all the achievements for. For like games that I just want to play through, like I yeah, I don't give a fuck if I'm 35%. Like Doom Eternal, I got through the campaign and I was like, that's it for me. I don't give a shit. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, bitch, you only did 25%. I'm like, good, good. Yeah, I don't care. For me, like even games I care about, like even Halo Infinite or something like my attitude with achievements and trophies is always being like when they pop up, when I do things, I'm like, oh, neat. But I never go look them up. I never try to figure out how to get them. Just if they happen while I'm playing the game. Cool. Uh, But yeah, my my goal is always just to beat the game, like to beat the core game, see the credits roll, you know, but I grew up during a time when achievements and stuff didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Like like, even for me, like this is dating us, but like the the whole achievements thing is still a very new concept for me. Like, Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy it. Some games are way better than others. Like I hate games where like to get all achievements it's like go grind this item for fucking 10 hours and you're like um i would rather put my car keys through my skull and they're like yeah (laughs) we know um but um, that's why we built it that way yeah some of the souls games were like that like i to hype up the ps5 launch i wanted to play the ps3 version of demon souls and i played the shit out of that and then there is one item in that game that is like ultra rare and it has like a 0.003 drop percentage, 0.003. So I would grind this one area where the drop was most likely for three hour shifts. I'm not talking it took me three hours. I'm talking three hour shifts. And I did that for two weeks every day. And that's how long it took me to get this item. And that That's was disgusting. That was disgusting. And never again. Never again. But um, I don't know. Like, for me, the achievements, it's like, I was like, for me, I treat it like, I love this game so much. I want to experience everything or I want to get all of those achievements. But, like, even games that I like a, a lot, I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine with 30%. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I... I have yet to come across a game that I'm passionate enough about to care about them. But like I say, that's just my MO. And I just I play so many games. I'm always just about moving on to the next thing. Right. I'm like, yep, yeah. I got through the campaign. I experienced the storyline that they wrote. Cool. Next. But that's just me. I'm wondering if I'm going to be like that this year because I'm playing a lot more games where I'm like, I used to be the kind of guy that would play a game a year or like two games a year. So yeah, we'll see. Like this year, I'm trying to finish a lot more games. I like I'm getting a backlog now. Who would have thought? And yeah, yeah like I want to finish Halo because I think it deserves that. Um, I put a decent amount of time into Forza Horizon Five, but like that game for me is my heroin dragon. Like it's just like, like I just like put some metal on my computation device and then I like get in my Mustang and I just drive around. Like I don't even do any of the oh, races yeah. or anything. I love doing the races. I actually got a really funny message the other day from a buddy of mine where he was just like, dude, your uh, like computer avatar driver is the bane of my existence. Like, I just fucking can't beat you, bro. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And I was like, yeah, I played way too much Forza Horizon 4. 
And then like when Forza Horizon 5 came out, I kind of just like turned it on and beat a lot of it in the first three days and then never touched it again. But I'm still causing him problems. And I was like, that's kind of freaking hilarious. Um, But I love those games. And when I first got the Series X, uh, Forza Horizon 4 was one of the first games I installed because it was one of the first things I saw that was like on Game Pass and had been, you know, Series XS optimized, like they'd released a patch for it already. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was one of my first impressions of what like the next gen could do. And it was a very good first impression. I was just like, wow, this is freaking beautiful. Uh, and yeah, Forza Horizon 5 definitely doesn't uh, drop any balls. It's a great game to spend some time with. Yeah, like I like I feel like people are like You're supposed to race, bro, and do all that shit. Like I'm like, nope, I'm just going to drive my nice Mustang and I'm just going to like not scratch it up. And it's just like, that's it. It's my chill out game. Um, I do like I got to get to Ghost of Tsushima because I shit on that game and I just want to shit on it with like the knowledge of having played it. Like kind of like I I have now with Hellblade. I could be like, I've played yeah. I've played that fucking game, motherfucker. <laughs> I finished that fucking game. <laughs> so let me yeah, tell man. you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I kind of feel like. Uh, it's good to play more games. And then also, like, I'm buying these fucking things, so it's good for the developers as well. And uh, 100%. What's well, cool- it's good for your content, right? Like, I think as soon as you become a content creator, unless you do want to be one of those people who exclusively makes content about one game, but, like, I think if you are one of those people, like, don't you at some point kind of hit a wall being like, man, like how many videos about like how to be better at call of duty Warzone can I really string together here? Right. Like at some point I, I would really get tiresome. I would think. Absolutely. So. That's what I tell that. I just made a big thread about this on Twitter. Uh, like, cause I put out this one tweet about YouTube advice and I was like, bullshit YouTube advice that you should not listen to. And let me pull this up for a second here. Um, <laughs> Because I gotta, I want to reference this like almost word for word. I wish we like I, I need one of those steam or stream decks so I can like get some hold music while I'm, we're doing stuff. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, okay, here we go. Biggest bullshit advice given to new YouTubers: video tags matter. They don't. Always have a call to action in your video. Everyone skips those. Uh, always include your face in your thumbnail. Most people don't give a shit who you are. And there is no hack for YouTube success. So I posted that. And then I was like, that's kind of just like, I just like took a shit and left it there. So like, I got to do, I got to do something to like <laughs> give people some advice. So, and it kind of follows what you just said there. And one of the things that I mentioned is be ready. Like anything that you post, be ready for that to pop off and go viral. And then be ready to make a hundred videos about the exact same fucking thing. And if you're not willing or wanting to do that, don't post that video. Make something else. You should be making content that you want to talk about all day, every day, and can talk about all day, every day. Because YouTube rewards the content, not the creator. So we've seen it. We've had, both of us have had many videos that have just like popped off. And it was like, it was something that we just thought in the moment, oh, that's cool. Like, I want to talk about that. But it was like, I said what I had to say about it. I'm done with that. And then YouTube's like, make more of that. And it's like, but I said all there was to say about that. And they're like, I don't give a shit. 
just keep making that. And you're like, 100%. Well, well I fixed my Call of Duty Cold War problem. So what, what am I going to do now? <laughs> that yeah. like, that's it. That's just it, right? Yeah. Like, I, <clears throat> I've had some videos pop up for stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like fixing a glitch in a game or something and getting around, a, you know, a bug. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to make fix videos for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I'm not the fucking YouTube fix it guy. I just yeah. want to talk about video games. And I just wanted to share this one fix with the world because I thought that it was neat that I stumbled upon it. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's good to just stick to making the content you care about and that you're most passionate about, A, because, I mean, people just gravitate towards, you know, content where they can tell the person is actually passionate about it. Totally. Shocking. Uh, and then, yeah, secondly, that will leave you in a position where if you luck out and one of those videos does go viral or blow up, you're not going to be like, oh, no, now I have to keep talking about that because yeah. you'll be like, oh, good. Like, for me, if, like, I had, like, a video on halo blow up or something i'd be like oh cool i could totally make 200 videos about halo i love exactly. Halo, right so yeah stick to the things that you're passionate about and i think uh good things will inevitably follow from that yeah because sure. like you might like even like this podcast like even when we make clips like um like sure like some of the topics we're going to be talking about tonight are like hot items that are probably searched for a lot on youtube but it's like are we do we want to make a hundred different things about like one acquisition it's like no i like like no. we're gonna talk about it and then we're gonna move on and we both talked about how we don't want to be like the news guy because there's yeah. already like seven thousand channels totally like you know like people like spawn wave and rgt and stuff that are like literally like sitting by their camera and microphone 24 hours a day to be like, hey guys, I know that I already uploaded three videos today, but I just heard that Sony bought Bungie, right? Yeah, and this I'm is like, them. They're just like on Twitter, and then their microphone is right here, and then they, and then they've got that fucking new Elgato foot pedal to like hit record, hundred percent. Yeah, they're just and like, I, I sound no. facetious. <laughs> And I sound like I'm making fun of them, and I'm not because I fucking no. respect the hustle and grind that Absolutely. those people put in to make those videos. It's insane, and I watch a ton of those channels, so I'm definitely not saying that that's not valid content to be making. I'm just saying that that's not a lifestyle or grind that I'm looking to get into. Because like you said, as soon as you make one of those videos that's like, hey, this news just happened, and I'm going to talk about it, if that pops off, YouTube wants you to make 10,000 more videos like that. And yeah, now you're instantly the next spawn. The same wave. video that's, because yeah. that's what's driving traffic to your channel. So they're just like, talk about that again, and you're like, I just, but I, the last video, I went, I made all my points. They're like, yeah, but again, just word yeah. it differently, and you're like, I don't want to do that. I want to give a shout out to a channel that kind of inspired me personally um, to get this uh, started with Jay Retro here. And that's uh, the Saltiest Gaming Podcast um, and the Saltiest Gaming channel. Uh, Saltiest Gaming, he's an OG. Like, he's big for for us. Like, I think he's, like, just uh, past 20,000 subscribers. And he reached out to me and was like, yo, come on my podcast. And then yeah. I went on his podcast. And... When you're like at that level or like you're starting to grow that big, you don't have to do that. And I think that's really cool to kind of like pass it on or like pay it forward to like smaller creators. And that's For something sure. that I always want to continue doing. So that's why I support his channel. And that's usually where I get all my PlayStation news now is I just watch his videos. Um, sure. And that's good enough for me. But yeah, like I totally I get you like 
I respect that grind because that shit's hard work. And we are being funny about it, but like it's you got to pretty much do that. You like you got to be like on Twitter all the time. And then as soon as like you get like some leak or something, because it's all about being first. It's like I think Denzel Washington said this. He's like, it's not about being like right. It's about being first. So like you just got to be the first one with the video out there. And if you get the right video out, right title, right thumbnail, like it'll go huge, huge. 100%. Uh, Let's get into some of these topics. Speaking of hot topics, uh, this one, it was, it's funny because at the beginning of the podcast here, I was talking about how busy the news has been. And over the weekend, it was pretty quiet. And then out of nowhere, Sony acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion. What the hell? Who saw that coming? Did you even see so, that coming? No, not at all. I yeah. not at all. Uh, this totally caught me off guard. It's funny. Like I, I had a friend message me, being like, "Are you freaking out?" And I was like, "Well, no, because like they haven't worked on Halo since like forever ago." Yeah. Um. And and that's where my heart is. Like I I have obviously a huge love for Bungie historically because they created something that I'm so passionate about. But admittedly, like I don't play Destiny. But this was definitely something. Like I have multiple friends who only play Destiny. Right. Oh, so same. it's definitely. Definitely a massive acquisition for Sony, and I'm not gonna, uh, you know, undersell that in any way. Um, I do think it's interesting for sure when you look at clear, like, you know, this is more comparable, I would say, even to when Microsoft bought Bethesda, which was still, I think that was 6.7 or something, it was still more, but it's definitely not comparable to the, you know, the Activision Blizzard acquisition, nowhere, which is in, in the like 70 billion near, or yeah. whatever. Uh, so Dropping Bungie, the bucket you know, as, in comparison, yeah. Keep keep in mind as as huge of a uh, you know product as Destiny is, and as big of a loyal fan base as it has, Bungie is still technically a small studio, right? But like we've talked about this before in previous weeks, like it flies over people's heads that Sony is not the sort of giant corporate you know conglomerate that Microsoft is. Like for sure, they make money and they have money, um, but you know their gaming division and whatnot is like you know a small piece, like you said. Of what they really do right um so yeah i think it's interesting it's cool to see this happening now i heard today too rumblings now this could still just be you know rumor mill stuff maybe it'll happen maybe it won't but there are rumblings that nintendo is looking to buy up you know a property pretty soon here that is not one of their traditional you know developers that have worked with them in the past could be something third party could be something more like these acquisitions that we've seen from sony and from xbox and i think we've kind of entered this era right where it's like the nba draft like it's they're just all these companies now are just entering this bidding war to buy up all of these these ips right which is really interesting um and it kind of goes it's weird because we're seeing steps in the opposite direction at the same time like i also read today that mlb the show uh, developed by Sony is coming to Nintendo Switch for the first time ever. And it also dropped earlier, like last year on Game Pass for, you know, Series X. And everybody was like, whoa, this like traditionally the Sony exclusive game coming to Xbox, coming to Nintendo. They're allowing cross play between all the platforms. So in some ways, you're seeing these companies like work closer together than they ever have before. But then at the same time, they're kind of all like making these, you know, these deals in the back room to buy up all these properties. And I'm really interested to see 
long term because I know that it's easy for them to sit there now and be like, oh, we're going to keep releasing Bungie games cross platform. Right. And I'm yeah. like, because they'll say like things like for the foreseeable future. And you're like, well, what does that even mean? Right? I feel like, like it's kind of like a shotgun wedding type type deal like it's just like they're both like okay you play nice and it's like we'll play nice too and it's like all right cool but i personally don't know how i feel about like these big players buying up all these studios i'm like is that better for the consumer is that better for the average gamer um, yeah i don't even know yet it's, it's, it's hard too to say early i think because you got to yeah. think right like if you're a small dev like even if you're a medium-sized dev <clears throat> publisher whatever and you get bought out you're no longer the boss. Like you're like, even if you own the company, like you, you're no longer the big boss. Like Sony's the big boss or Microsoft or Xbox is the big boss. And yep. it's like, are you going to like care as much? Cause you pretty much got bought out. So you're just like, like, I don't care. I got my, I got my payday. And are you like, I don't know. Like, is, is that like make an environment for thriving like creativity like i don't know i wonder if it does right like is it kind of you could also compare it to like i don't know like renaissance times when like rich people would just like hire some artist and paint they pay them a bunch of maybe like paint a bunch of stuff for my castle you can live here here's a bunch yeah. of food um and it's sort of like that like maybe as an artist it's kind of nice to not have to worry about the bottom line and where the money's coming in and out from and then you could just be like hey microsoft has all of that and we can just work on like creating video games which is what we actually like doing right um but i'm not sure and and i don't think we'll really see the the full answers to our questions here for some time right like we're yeah. entering clearly sort of a new era in, totally. in the gaming where you know we're going to see a lot more of these acquisitions happen i think um sony's like jim ryan's saying that right like expect us to buy some more companies yeah and i, I don't think it stops there and i think nintendo has to start buying up some companies or, or they'll get left in the dust so i wasn't totally. surprised to hear that rumor either i agree with that partially so i agree with i would argue ever since the bethesda acquisition that that mm -hmm. put us into a new <clears throat> new order of the gaming industry where the 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 landscape has changed so it's no longer like a console a hardware war it is a content war and mm -hmm. now like we made uh last week we made the comparisons to like a streaming service and i feel like th like that's inevitably where things have to go right because yep. one th one okay one i want to put it aside for a second here one thing that i really dislike is like all of these like fake analysts on fucking twitter that are just like they're just there's people like you and i and they have no mm. insider insight. And they're like, I think Sony's going to be buying this person next. Or they're going to be. It's like, you don't know, bitch. Like, you don't know any of this shit. So, like, stop making your dumbass assumptions. Like, your, your yeah. random ass guesses. If you had some evidence and you're like, I think because of ABC, this is why. Okay, cool. But, like, when you're just like. I think they should buy Capcom or like, I think they should buy. Yeah. Cause there's, there's real leakers out there who do have sources inside these companies and stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, we'll get into that with the, the cyberpunk conversation later yeah. a little bit, I think. Right. Um, but for sure, I think that for every like one person who actually has some sort of insider contact or some sort of leaked information, there's like a hundred thousand people just tweeting their own bullshit ideas and like, I think it's very likely that Sony will uh, buy Lego next. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shut okay. up. So that being said, um, 
I do feel like with the way things are going in the market that we're in now, like the way the world is with like the huge chip shortage that I don't think is going to get any better for a long ass time. And I think just with like developing countries like coming up, like India, Africa, uh, like huge continents, uh, like just like all these people suddenly entering the middle class and being able to afford gaming consoles now but there's still a large majority of people who can't spend that kind of money but they all have a phone that has internet and it's like i think it is inevitable that most gaming services will be some sort of online platform that you just subscribe to and the entry to that console is just an internet connection Oh, 100%. Like, I think Xbox is being forward thinking and yeah. they're already seeing that reality, right? And I've, I've brought that up a couple of times that I'm like, yeah, in a lot of these countries, right, like India, Korea, like different places where people might be gaming, uh, it, it's definitely a heck of a lot more feasible to just go buy a Bluetooth controller than mm-hmm. to buy a whole console, right? So if you already own a smartphone, a tablet, anything, a smart TV, an yeah. Amazon Fire Stick, right? Like, I think we're going to end up seeing like xbox game pass and other services like that showing up on like the google chromecast and you know like it'll just be on everything that is a smart device basically in the same way that netflix or spotify or anything else is and i do think that that's inevitable um and you know you saw kind of a similar bidding war or have seen a similar bidding war Uh, with creating content for these streaming services, right? Like Disney going out and acquiring Star Wars and then acquiring Marvel and then launching their own version of Netflix, which is heavily reliant on Star Wars and Marvel content, right? So same thing, like buy up some big properties that people are interested in and like some developers who had made some traditionally really successful properties. And then it's also for those uh, streaming platforms the same as it will continue to be for Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft for sure is also about creating new IPs that are yeah. powerful, right? And so, like when Netflix, you know, has Stranger Things or whatever, right? Or like, you know, Amazon has Jack Ryan and it does well or whatever. Those are the exact same thing as you know, Ghost of Shishima or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's all going to go down that avenue eventually. Um, I think you'll always have people who are into gaming enough that they buy an actual gaming rig and that they, you know, they either buy yes. a console or they buy, still people you know, that like, buy movies like you, like you buy the Blu-rays. There's still people that yeah. will like go out of their way to buy like fucking laser discs. And yeah. it's like, so like, there's always going to be that market. hundred percent. And we know that. And like for all the people that are like, like, oh, I love physical, like, like consoles are never going to die. And it's like, like you're probably right like there's probably always going to be some sort of console like offline variant uh for that niche market but the majority mm-hmm. is just gonna fucking log online and just like like dude like right like google wouldn't sink so much money into stadia like if they didn't think that's where things were going and it's like well and, and the vid- internet's only going to get better right like the technology's only going to get better so we, we've entered the era now where like when you go on game pass yeah it'll be like hey you can play this game on the cloud or you can install it for the best experience so yeah. you know they openly admit that but like we will just eventually reach a point when the internet is so good and your connection at home is so good that it will be imperceivably different, basically, especially for the average user, 
right? So I like think... you said, if you're not the hardcores and you're super concerned about like competitive play and like, yes. you know, no, no extra milliseconds of delay and all that because you're trying to, you know, play a game competitively or something. Yes, I do think that, you know, installing a game on actual hardware will always exist to some degree. Absolutely. But I think we're going to reach a point just like we did with me buying Blu-rays making me a minority, right? We're yeah. going to reach a similar place with games where, like, if you're still even buying not not just the discs, but if you're still buying a console or a gaming PC or whatever, you'll be in a minority because the majority of people that are just casual gamers that just want to, like, get a few games in after they put the kids to bed, they'll all be gaming on something that is more like what Google imagined with Stadia, right? Where 100%. you just buy a controller and you hook it up to your smart TV. Dude, whatever. like, I think Digital Foundry just did a video and they were comparing uh, the NVIDIA broadcast, I think that's what it's called, mm -hmm. NVIDIA nvidia's version of that service geforce now geforce now geforce now yeah nvidia broadcast <laughs> that's probably like a fucking app for what honestly that probably start. would have been a slightly better name because the average you know person doesn't know what the hell geforce is if exactly. they're not a pc gamer so calling totally. it nvidia broadcast probably would have been a better marketing move yeah so. But uh, you can have that one for free, NVIDIA. Just send, <laughs> just send Jay Retro and I some 3080s, TIs, and uh, we'll call it even. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so they have this new tier. I think it's the 3080 tier, and I think it's it's like 20 bucks well, a month, or yeah. it's, I don't know how much it is. I think it's a little bit pricey. Okay, so this is like a, a tier on their subscription service yes. where you pay more to, to, to get the game streamed from a 3080. Exactly. Okay. And this huh. tier also has the ultra low input latency. And they tested that versus just having a straight console. And in some cases, the NVIDIA, the GeForce uh, Now was on par or even just like a little bit better than actual hardware. That's nuts. That's so nuts. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. We're going to get there. We're yeah. going to get there. And it'll be it'll be where it's like that's no longer the the premium tier. That's just the regular bitch ass tier. It's just like that's mm -hmm. what we all expect because it needs to get to that point. Like where there is perceivable input lag, that's going to ruin a game. Like you're just going to be like, I can't play this. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. anyone will be able to tell that, but, uh, and, and especially if you want to play anything multiplayer competitive in any sense. Right. So they really need to nail that down, but this is interesting guys, because of the fact like this, like you said, the shortage on chips is not going to get better anytime soon. Yeah. And like, this could really bridge that gap, right? If they can get GeForce now and cloud gaming with Xbox and all those services, like up to par smooth enough then the argument becomes like well why would you spend the twelve hundred dollars to scalp a graphics card when you could just like pay for the 3080 tier exactly 100 percent. Right? Yeah. like like i like i think um a friend of mine um he goes by mango flush on twitter shout out to mango mm -hmm. flush uh he has always shout been somebody who's been like in the geforce now and from the years ago, like he like he could already see this coming. And he was like, the games that I play are available on this service. And then mm -hmm. so, so he was like, why the fuck would I pay all this money for like a custom build PC, even though I would like to when I can just pay this low monthly amount and then be playing from like a super amazing rig that like almost nobody has. And, 100%. I, was just, and I was like. 
yeah, that's really smart. I'm like, but doesn't the input leg suck? And he was like, no, you dumb bitch. They actually fixed that. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, man. Like, calm down. Um, that's and why. don't forget, guys, we live in the future. We live so, in the future. Like, yeah. like, we are this close to Jetsons like shit. I think we already have like a lot of Jetsons like shit. But that's yeah. our reasoning. We're not just some bull. We are bullshitters on a podcast here, but. Our reasoning for why we think all of these big develop the big three, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, are buying up all of these developers is because this is gonna become a content war. And exactly like you said, I would not be surprised whatsoever if Nintendo comes out of the gate buying some sort of making some kind of acquisition. I don't care how big it is, they like they just don't want to be left out. Like, even if they have no plans at, in the moment for this, they're like, well, we don't want to be caught with our pants down. So, like, let's just yeah. pick up this one for 500 mil or, like, or like a bill, maybe. And these companies that have been forward thinking, like NVIDIA, like Xbox, like, they're, they're just proving more and more every day that that is the direction things are moving in. Right? Yeah. So I think it becomes harder and harder to if you're Sony or Nintendo not be like, oh, man, we got to wake up that like that's where things are going to go in the future, because those models, when they launched them, it was easy to look at it and be like playing games over the internet. Like, remember when Stadia first came out and like it was garbage quality and like and I saw remember, the like, controller this- <laughs> and we're like, that's dumb. <laughs> I was like, your controller looks awful. Yeah. Uh, and then it came out and people were like, yeah, it's terrible. Like the latency is terrible. You're playing in like 720p with super reduced settings. And I was just like, oh, this is trash. Right. But it was like a brilliant idea and it was just too early. Right. Yeah. Like Google was actually so far ahead of the time thinking of what we were headed to. They had to pave I the do way. Think, yeah. They they had to crawl for Xbox Game Pass to run, basically, right? Yeah. And so I think we're going to get there where it is, like you said, it's more about content and subscription services and stuff. And it, we're even seeing, like we were talking about last week with like Sony being like, oh, we're going to allow our games onto PC. And now they're going to allow their baseball game onto Nintendo Switch, right? So even Sony's starting to see that too, I think, where they're like, oh, maybe it's just more about like learning to make as much money as possible off of these properties that we own. Let's bridge into that because uh, they, right out the gate, came out with a statement basically saying, and then this is the headline here for this story, Destiny 2 and future games in development will remain multi-platform. And I think... Uh, they probably did well. I think two things happen here. One is like we mentioned before, they just they wanted to have that play nice deal with Microsoft and be like, "Hey, you do us a solid, we'll do you a solid." It's like both these games do really well on all of our platforms. Let's just leave them the way they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I agree. Cool. And then the second thing that I think happened is just like. Microsoft probably did. Sony probably also did that risk assessment analysis and was like, okay, what would happen if we pulled this game from every other console and made it exclusive to Sony? How many people would we piss off? Would what the, What's the percentage of people that we would convert to getting a PlayStation? Is that greater than the amount of money that we'd be making if we just left it the way it is? And I think they Especially did Especially that- right now when nobody can get your new console. Exactly. So I think they probably did that risk assessment and they were just like, no, it's more profitable to just leave it the way it is. Because 
like Jay Retro and I have said almost every single podcast, these people are not your friends. They're not your best friends. They don't care about you. They're not coming to your birthday party. They did not send you a wedding gift. They don't give a shit about you unless you're paying them some money. So also, this kind of bridges into what we were talking about before with subscription services. If you're on a subscription service, you're paying that money every month. Whereas if you're buying software, maybe you're like me before and you're buying one to two games a year, if that. Like you buy your one game and you're just like, I'm good. I'll just go between this. And then when I get bored of this, I'll play a free to play game. And it's like and some people are like that because they don't have the money to buy more games, right? Like some uh, people yeah. are like that because they like yourself got super obsessed with one type of game that they really love. But there's also tons of people in the world like younger gamers and various people that definitely don't have, you know, $80 to throw on a new game every month or something. So, uh, you know, yeah, Game Pass and those services for sure. Like it's a steady income stream for these companies, mm-hmm. but then it's also a great proposition for people like that who maybe, you know, maybe gaming's only a casual hobby for them. Maybe they're younger and they don't have a ton of money to buy new games, but they can convince their mom to pay 15 bucks a month to get them Game Pass, right? So Yeah, or they like they just did the the smart way that everyone told me to do, which was you get your one year of Xbox Gold for super cheap on CD keys, and then you convert it to Game Pass for a dollar. And hundred yeah, percent. Even when I like before I quit and went full time YouTuber, broke bitch YouTuber here. Uh, when I was working full time, like <clears throat> gaming was something that I did, but it wasn't really high up on my priorities list. So even when yeah. I was working full time, and I had a really good job. Like, I was still like, how do people afford to buy all these games? And I was like, I mm-hmm. could buy them, but like, it'd be irresponsible. But I was just, but I totally get that. There's some people who like affording like a game, like a game every two weeks is just not possible. Mm-hmm. Like, and they got a rule for for years, right? Where I was like, I won't buy things till they go on sale for $50 or less. I rarely ever break that rule, right? Yeah. Other than like maybe NHL every year because I play it with my buddies. And it's like, I have money and I'm still just like, no, like you said, it would be fiscally irresponsible of me to run out and spend 80 or $90 like every time there's a shiny new thing that I want. On a fucking game you're not even sure that you would like. Like, you fall into me trying to be a bit of an adulty adult, right? And be like, oh, I'm going to wait till it's a little bit less of a risky investment. Yeah, like, sure, my buddy got like a little bit of money chucked at him so he could buy battlefield but like like his ass is still chapped like that it's yeah. sucked <laughs> and it's like like imagine paying full pop for that out of your own pocket and then like oh this sucks and it's like i would be fucking livid and i was livid about the ghost of tashima thing and i was and i still bought that game half price but yeah. like yeah like i just feel like Sony making like these games and then kind of playing nice with Microsoft, I think is a good move. But again, it's all for profit. It's all just like, we want to keep the fan base happy and we don't want to be that asshole that makes your console online only when it launches. And it's like, and that's why I think like I take all of this sort of stuff with a huge grain of salt when it comes to like, okay, it's going to remain multi-platform because like I said, you can say like, for the foreseeable future, which like no one really knows what that means. Well, they're never going right? to say never, um, right? Yeah, it's like never say never. And so in the meantime, I do think that like Xbox and Sony, like you said, whether it's about 
you do us a solid like you scratch our back with call of duty and we'll scratch your back with destiny that could be part of it but i honestly think more so than that it's that both those companies are smart enough to do that risk assessment look at it and go no we're just going to anger a shit ton of established like customers for this product that we now own yeah and what percentage of them are actually going to go buy a ps4 pro or a ps5 or whatever they can find in the market to keep playing this game if, if they do that or to play destiny three if it ever comes out and they actually release it only for sony right but i guarantee you that the second the xbox was like well we're microsoft and we have a lot of money and we could probably take the hit so fuck it call of duty only comes out on xbox and pc now that like the very next day PlayStation would do a complete turnaround on this and they'd be oh, like, oh, yeah, well, Destiny is going to be exclusive to PS5. Fuck you. Yeah, right? The, because, headline, like, you would have the to. headline would be like, fuck them. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> yeah. So Sony, Sony uh, hears that they're not going to have Call, e- Call of Duty anymore, replies with, fuck them. That's why. And yeah. makes Destiny a PlayStation <laughs> exclusive. Like, 100%. Hey, Jim, Jim Ryan just being like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stuck inside. Uh, yeah, no, as soon as one of them, and I think they know that too, though, right? Like you said, like they're both aware of that equation here. We both just bought up a huge multi-platform shooter IP. And like you said, it's almost like now now it's like they're in the trenches and neither of them wants to go into no man's land. <laughs> like hopefully this is just gonna be like, you know, a cold war situation for a while with these two properties. But you know, if one of them launches the nukes, you best believe they're launching on the other side of the pond. Yeah, because we've seen it before with like the the little nugget that I dropped in there, uh, like with Xbox One being announced that it was gonna be like you have to be online. And yes. like the blunder that was and then same with blizzard when they announced like diablo the next diablo game was going to be fucking mobile and then they were like don't you guys have phones right and then people were like fuck you fuck you i'm red t-shirt guy and then 100 million memes later that is my third favorite clip of a gaming related piece of history on the internet for the record is that clip of the xbox guy in his suit and his tie being interviewed being like oh no it's fine because we have a product for those of you that don't have the internet connection and it's already in the market actually and it's called the xbox 360 and i'm just like the the way he says it like that he's just so completely unaware that he's being an asshole basically yeah. right like he has no fathom of the fact that the words coming out of his mouth are like one of the biggest blunders a company's ever gonna make he just thinks he's doing great totally uh, it, it kills me it lives in my mind very closely with massive crab massive damage and with it's ridge racer yeah <laughs> ridge racer guys like it's it's pretty bad yeah like and nobody wants to repeat that. So that's why they're playing it smart. And they're like, okay, we don't want to be those assholes that gets made into a YouTube clip and shared a hundred billion fucking times and is put in like the history books. So we're going to pass on that. We're going to play nice for now. Um, you kind of brought this up earlier, but Jim Ryan says he ain't done yet and says PlayStation boss Jim Ryan says you should expect more acquisitions. And I think again, We're not surprised by this. I think ever since Microsoft purchased Bethesda, this is a new era of gaming where it's a content war. And I think a lot more publishers and developers are going to get bought up. 
And I want to I want to pivot this into a conversation we kind of tapped into earlier. Is this good? Like, is this is this going to usher in amazing content? Because, like you said, because now maybe they have yep. a little bit more freedom. I kind of feel like no, because I think when you're kind of owned by a conglomerate and they're just worried about profits. If your game isn't profitable, your department gets shut down. You get closed out. So what if you're a pool of talent that's like on the verge of making like your next pinnacle game, but maybe you want to try something a little bit spicy. You want to try something new and you put out this like passion project and it doesn't do fiscally well. And then Microsoft or Sony's just like, yeah, uh, we're kind of done. Like your last one didn't do so well. Uh, we're going to cut your funding and we're going to funnel it to one of these other uh, like people that we own. That's so kind of what I I'm think, thinking. I think that my reply to that would be that like, if you're a small developer and you put out a game that you're extremely passionate about and it doesn't do fiscally well, that could fucking cripple your little company anyways. Oh, absolutely. So like you could just put yourselves out of business by taking the wrong risk. And whether you're a little developer and whether you're, you know, like a from software or a CD project red before they blew up with the Witcher um, or your Microsoft, it still always comes back to what we always keep repeating, which is, this is a business and like they don't give a fuck about you and Mm. that goes for those giant companies but frankly to some degree it goes for the smaller ones too and you have to understand that like although yes the artists that work in those companies are very passionate about the art they create so are the artists that work in the big companies too because the people that are passionless are the suits right it's the guys signing the contracts hanging out in the boardrooms you know explaining to all of cd project red's investors like why cyberpunk was the dumpster fire that it turned into and kissing babies to make it all right and shit settling out of court settlements etc etc right we got something for those offline people. It's called the Xbox 360. I think yeah, that'll, 100, be sl- that'll be a slam dunk when I'm and, on the fucking uh, newsreel here. 100%. And there's people that work like that at those smaller gaming companies too because they're businesses, right? And business doesn't just run if the only people you employ are these people that make video games and are passionate about video games. Someone has to do the fucking books. And so, like, there's always some, you know, corporate soulless entity to some degree, you know, controlling these things. Um, And I just think that like, I I don't know. I just, my argument is that it's kind of an even playing field to me. Like it's like whether the money's coming from big corporate or your, your own little ship here on the seven seas. I just think that taking the wrong risk could always fuck you over. Right. Like I said, it could fold your little company or it could make Microsoft shut down your department and like, but both of them are come back to the same thing, which is that like gaming isn't about you making a project because you're passionate about it. Unless the thing that you're passionate about makes money. Because, like, I, that's just how business works. Mic drop, dude. Like, I think that's a fucking banger response to uh, to my point there. Like, that 100% makes sense. Like, you can't blame the developer. Well, you kind of can. But, like, also, I think it, the, the onus is on us as gamers to make sure that we're giving 
new ideas, fresh ideas, a chance, and actually going out and buying those games as well. So they do succeed because I fear, and it's probably already in the process of happening. It's already probably, I feel like it's already happening is Mm -hmm. the gaming industry is becoming a lot like the movie industry where right now, unless you're the next Marvel movie, your movie's probably not going to do that great. And then that's why there's kind of, there's no middle ground. There's these super, like Marvel type movies that cost 200 yeah. plus million to make. And then there's the $10 million horror movies. And there's like more, mm-hmm. maybe like a couple of rom-coms, but there's not, there's no like really risque kind of like cool movies that they put a lot of money behind because they just, a lot know. of it has gone to uh, the streaming platforms, right? Like adult drama as, as a genre has pretty much been entirely consumed by like AMC, HBO, Amazon prime originals, you know, like, so, you know, the sort of stuff my mom would have gone to the movie theater doesn't play in the movie theater anymore. Right. It plays on her Brit, box subscription or amazon prime it's a subscription fucking eight or part miniseries now yeah uh, yeah for sure right like i think streaming really changed a lot of things right the theater industry i think part of the reason that you see like you said the majority of films that get released or that get you know attention now it's like it's a lot of blockbusters right yeah. it's the big marvel movies it's ghostbusters afterlife it's like these huge special effects see it in 3d see it on the big screen because like a ton of shit's gonna blow up um and honestly yeah how else do you drag people into a movie theater when everybody owns like a 40 or 50 inch flat screen tv now everybody has 1080p or 4k or hdr or this and that right and it's like the technology is so affordable surround sound is super affordable right uh all that sort of stuff i just think the home viewing experience has become so convenient and so high quality that it's hard to drag people into theaters to watch something that they're like, oh, if it's just people talking, I'll just watch it at home. Yeah. Right. Like you need to blow some shit up to get them in there now, unfortunately. Right. Or like horror movies, I think, do well still in theaters because there's something about being scared with people like that, that moment where you're all like, oh, make. shit. Right. And they're cheap to make. And so it's a low risk for these theaters and kids still go to see them together and stuff, yeah. right? Like it's still some like, you know, especially if you release like a PG-13 horror movie, which unfortunately that's a whole separate rant. But the majority of horror that gets released in theaters is all going to be PG-13 because they want to make as much money as possible. Yeah. But frankly, you know, if you release another film in the conjuring series or whatever you know a bunch of 16 and 17 year old kids are going to go see it on friday night dare each other to go watch it together and like i (laughs) I do love that moment conjuring not because it's scary because it fucking sucks the conjuring (laughs) was great man the conjuring's a solid solid modern horror i like Um, i like 80s horror movies like that's that's i thought the conjuring was pretty pretty 80s stylized actually i I remember when it came out and you know before it got blown up into its own freaking marvel universe right but like when the conjuring was just one movie i was heavily impressed by it the first time i watched it and like a bunch of people were like go watch the conjuring (laughs) and i have this problem where like if you tell me to go watch something i'll fucking not watch it just because (laughs) fuck you you know like i'm terrible for that 
Yeah, no, like, I don't give like, a fuck about Jay, the Conjuring. Let's bring it back to gaming. <laughs> yeah, you really need to go watch this. But but no, like I I think no, this is this is relevant to the conversation about gaming still because I think it comes down to like what we were saying about the theaters, right? Yeah. Like what what is po- gonna pull somebody in there? And we're gonna see similar changes happen in one way or another with gaming here, right? Yeah, like it's because the the industry goes where the money is and so not only are you going to see things move towards like more geforce now and and uh xbox cloud gaming platforms and stuff like that but i think one one thing that this touches on for sure is yeah will developers take less risks um will they be more concerned with that right but like i said i i think that we probably don't see as big of a shift in content as we did see in film because I don't think it's like you're only going to see the the Halos and the NBA 2Ks get released. I think gaming will keep trying to create new IPs, you know? Yeah, like, um, one thing that I'm very happy about is that from software, my favorite developer, I bring them up in every single fucking episode. And um, you like them. I like them a lot. Uh, in 2015, sense. when they released Bloodborne, they released yep. the DLC for Bloodborne. And there was an exploit within the first week of the DLC release where people could get the DLC for free. And yep. that right there almost bankrupted From Software in 2015. So not long ago. Just one little exploit that caused a lot of users to be able to get their new DLC for free almost bankrupted the company. So... That just shows you how close it is some of the time for some of these developers that you think they're like, just like floss it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. like one thing could snuff them out. And it's like, well, yeah, cyberpunk, man. Like people thought of CD Projekt Red as a big dog now because they released The Witcher 3 and it was like, you know, one of the biggest games of that generation. But people forget it's like this little like Swedish developer, right? Who had been making like PC games that nobody was playing before yeah. the witcher three and then with their second big chance they really dropped a deuce right so like that was i think that was they were pretty close to filing for bankruptcy and stuff at one point after issuing Dude, all those refunds and like selling I, all these court settlements to i remember investors this is a mutual friend of ours well <laughs> it's more my friend than it is yours but like we like we used to stream and then we used to like connect on twitter a lot and then this person um, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but they yeah. were like comparing, like they were like really, their ass was super chapped of the whole cyberpunk thing. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was a fucking bullshit move, but like, I could kind of see where, where they were coming from on their end. Um, but they were comparing CD project red to like Microsoft. And I was like, that's not a fucking fair comparison because Microsoft no. that owns the Xbox gaming division Microsoft as a conglomerate is worth almost $3 trillion. Like that is an unfathomable amount of money. CD Projekt Red, sure, they hit big with Witcher, with The Witcher 3, and that yep. was fucking making them a lot of bank, but they were probably like blundering that into the development process of Cyberpunk. Like that, that shit didn't cost nothing to make. Like they had to put in a bunch of R and D. Like they, it was like in development for years. So like you've got this subset that's just like burning through cash. Like that's gonna like take a big toll on your finances, even if you have this mega successful game. Plus, like they're expanding as a company, and that costs money. You've got all these people that you gotta pay. 
Like, I 100% believe that. Like, that probably fucking almost turned them upside down. And just imagine a world where CD Projekt Red could have just been snuffed out. And it's like, we would never get another Witcher game or, like, whatever else that they're going to make. And that would be a really fucking unfortunate story. And it's like, that's why I think as a gaming community, like, we're a bit toxic. And I'm not trying to defend their release of Cyberpunk. It was a it was a bullshit move. It was really shitty, but I still think like they were, I feel like they were pretty quick. If I remember the series of events to start issuing refunds, like hundred percent, like they took it upon themselves really early to be like, Hey, if you go to Walmart and they won't give you a refund, just send it to us and we'll give you a refund. Like they jumped on that because they heard people weren't getting their refunds from retailers. And they were like, if any retailer doesn't do it, we'll refund your money. And like, you know, like we said, they're not Microsoft. So like, that's pretty bold of them as a smaller company to do that. Um, And I think think we said this last week too, is this like, that's, isn't that all you could ask for? It's like, you got your money back, so shut the fuck up. Like, I don't know, like... 100%. Like, I think that they got dragged under the bus for the cyberpunk thing for a long time. And like I said, I'm not defending the state the game released in. And I think I've said multiple times that I think what the right thing to do, which is easy to say hindsight 2020, is somebody whose money wasn't on the line. But the right thing to do probably would have been to come forward earlier and go, hey, guys, I, I know we said this is going to run on PS4s and stock Xbox Ones, but, like... We're a few years into development now, and we were wrong. Like, this is just going to run on the next generation of hardware and, like, high-end PC hardware are bad, you know? And, like, yeah, that would have hit them hard, and I know they didn't want to piss off, you know, all of their investors and everything by doing that, but I think they took a bigger hit by releasing it and, you know, having to do all these refunds and apologize to their sponsors after the fact, basically, right? So I think that, you know, like I say, hindsight's twenty twenty. It wasn't my money. It's real easy for me to sit here and say that. But they did jump on issuing refunds, handled that really well. Uh, They did patch the living hell out of the game pretty heavily, and they started on that very quickly. All resources away from like Witcher and like new projects onto just like patches. Yep, like because they they had already been working on the next gen patch for The Witcher Three to like update that for the Series X and PS Five. They took all that away. They were like, "Hey, our only goal is to just get Cyberpunk to a playable state for the majority of users on the majority of hardware." And then we'll go from there. And like now we're probably going to see, uh, you know, the Series X and PS5 versions of both of those games within the next, you know, few months here, it looks like. Um, but yeah, at that time, I think that they they definitely buckled down on it. And I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077. I should have mentioned that earlier when you asked me what I was playing lately. I p- played a few more hours of Cyberpunk this week on PC. And like... I'm loving the game. I think it's a great game once they actually fixed it. Like, if you have hardware that can run it, it's a really enjoyable first-person RPG. Let's tra- let's transition. We were going to talk about this later, but let's just move this topic up because Cyberpunk next-gen Thank version were reportedly spotted on PS5. <clears throat> and I, like, I think, like, parts of what we've been talking about tonight have all been coming together. Like, you mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you grow as a company and that fucking boardroom starts to get a little bit bigger, you start getting more assholes that are like, hey, we got Xbox 360s for the people that are offline. That was fucking peasants. You get people that are like, yo, make that shit work on PS4 and Xbox One because there's over 200 million users on those and we want that money. And it's like... 
That's uh, all, such a good point. Dude. All the things that you listed off, I don't think will work on there, bud. And then they're like, just figure it out, nerd. We're up here. Oh, in it's the- such a good point. Like for all we knew there, right? Like for all we knew, there was a bunch of nerds at freaking CD Projekt Red being like, uh, guys, like we know we said it was going to run on that hardware, but it's just not. And there's exactly some freaking jackass in a suit, freaking like twirling his pen while he's on the phone with his wife being like, Johnson, just make it work. I told you, just make it work. Yeah. The systems sell a lot. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I totally buy it. We want a futuristic, like fully customizable, like fully interactive world, uh, fully creatable character, like pretty much like we want it to be like as close to VR as possible without there being VR. And we want all these features and it's like, and we want it to run on PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, go make that on f- five-year-old hardware. Yeah, and Good then luck, they were like, right? "Fuck!" They're like, "There's no way we're gonna figure this out." And then it's like, "Do you want to be the dude to go tell the asshole up in fucking Corpo that it's not gonna happen?" It's like, "No, he yelled at me last week. I'm a nerd, and I don't like being yelled at." So, hundred percent, man. That that is definitely what happens, and I feel like, like I was mentioning before, like how toxic the gaming the gaming community is. It's like, sure, it launched shitty, but like if you had played it on hardware, like if you played it on a gaming PC, you probably would have been like, this is a pretty fucking sweet game. And then I think now that's finally rolling out uh, to like the PS5 and Xbox Series consoles, more people are going to play it and they're going to realize that this game isn't as bad as people were making it out to be. Every single person at the start, even when it released and it got terribly reviewed, like I had a friend who had like a good rig with like a 2060 in it or something like that, who had bought the game on launch day. And he was like, dude, it's so good. So everybody who I heard from who had bought the game on hardware that could run it had nothing but positive things to say about the game since day one, basically. Right. Uh, one of my best friends played through it on his series X and like, he's technically just playing the Xbox one version on his series X, but it ran flawlessly and he really enjoyed the game, beat the game. Right. I was almost so tempted I, to do that. Yeah. Just play the PS4 version. Cause it runs at 60 FPS. But the only things that I think you're missing out on console, even on the series consoles, like on the neck on the current gen hardware is like, I think a lot of the AI is still MIA. Like there's like, the city isn't as populated because um, yeah. just the hardware limitations. And but to be I fair, like even fixed. when you have all those NPCs on like higher end hardware, like my city's pretty darn populated on PC, but like they definitely didn't do what they said they were going to do. They're like, every NPC will have like a life of their own. I'm like, no, they're, they're just like the NPCs in the Witcher. You know, they just kind of walk around town and say little bits of dialogue every now and then. And they have their little paths they go on. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't mean it's not good because The Witcher is my favorite game ever. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's important to kind of like have realistic expectations for it. But if you just go into it and you're not expecting it to be like you said, like as close to VR as po- possible, like it'll be like living a whole second life. And if you just go into it being like, yeah, it's going to be like an open world RPG, like Fallout or The Witcher or anything. And it'll be in, you know, a cool kind of like Blade Runner cyberpunk universe then I think you'll have a ton of fun with it. I think it's a good game if you don't ask it to be more than a good game. Yeah, I'm definitely stoked for that. Uh, There's another game that I think you're going to be stoked about, and maybe I should be stoked about if I would play the fucking thing already, is Final Fantasy VII Remake Part (gasps) Two might receive new information this year, producer says. So... 
I like I shit on the remake without playing it because I just like you told me I was and it was true. I was like, well, it's not the whole game. That's dumb. And I was like, I'm just going to wait until the whole game is ready. And then I because I don't want to play just Midgar. But then when I found out from you and from others that it's like it's kind of like they're doing the thing from 2011. It's just like they're or not really. Well, they're making the there. It's this whole new thing. It's a different take on it. It's the same yeah, story. They're expanding upon those chapters. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of like a. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like what Peter Jackson did with The Hobbit, where he took a book and then he divided it into three chapters and threw a <laughs> bunch of shit in there that wasn't in the book, except it's better than that because it's, you know, it's good. It's, but, it's yeah. good. <laughs> the first two Hobbit movies were bad, but we're not here to talk about that. I really do think Final Fantasy VII Remake was, you know, it's probably my favorite Sony exclusive game of the last generation. Uh, I did really play the shit out of the Uncharted games. Um, but I've been playing the hell out of the first uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, been loving it. And I've been wondering for a while, guys, like what the exclusive would need to be for your boy to go buy a PlayStation 5. Because I even had the chance a little while ago. I found one in store and I was like, no, nope, you know, it's like I just bought Miles Morales for PS4. They didn't make me buy a PS5 to play that yet. So there's yet to be a, a PS5 exclusive that has made me be like, okay, I'll do it. And I and I am that dumb that I'll go buy the console to play one game. Uh, I bought my PS4, my original PS4, when they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake. They did the E3 where they showed like the first like, you know, teaser trailer for it. And we're like, hey, guys, we're going to remake Final Fantasy VII. I literally bought a PS4 like that week. Like I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll do it. And then I waited I like three years. It was so fucking long. And <clears throat> I was really worried that they were gonna pull a Breath of the Wild, like that it wouldn't even come out until the PS5 came out or something, right? But I've been loving it. So yes, if the second one comes out and they do make it exclusive to the PS5, or at least even like a temporary exclusive to a PS5. That's a very good chance that that could be the game yeah. that tips the scales for that me purchasing that June console. 2015 when they first Dude. made that announcement. Yep. And I, I bought myself that PS4. That was right around my birthday because June 17th is my birthday. That was how I justified it. I was like, well, they're releasing Final Fantasy 7 and it's my birthday and I haven't had a console in a while. And I walked up to London Drugs right here across the street. <laughs> And I in Canada, we don't have CVS. It's called London Drugs here. And it's like that's right. Our drug store slash electronics and other. We got shoppers in London Drugs and they're both just CVS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Give us a shout out in the comments if you fucking remember when they showed off Final Fantasy with upgraded graphics in the PS3 era. Like, I remember that. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. And I think that was around. Maybe that was around when Advent Children was coming out. And then like that. I was... want to shout out from those of you that played Final Fantasy seven on the original PC edition where they had to remove the music and replace it with like basically like MIDI file music. It was I remember seeing the box for the PC version in a fucking Costco like back in the day when in the 90s when you would buy software at Costco and it was like in a big bucket of just like full of like final fantasy seven copies and you just like pick one out of there and you just go buy it. 
Man, we're old. <laughs> we are. We're super, super old. What are you but, looking I mean, I'm for? I'm excited for this one. Yeah. <clears throat> what are you looking for in a part two? I mean, I think like more of what they did in part one, frankly, like they they really did nail the combat. I was really impressed with it. And it's funny because when it was first announced that like it wasn't going to be like fully turn based combat, I was like, F that. Like you don't change Final Fantasy VII, but then I played it and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is fantastic!" Like I love, I love the combat system. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with you know the next chapter of the story as far as expanding it as well. Because like we said, like there's a lot of additional stuff in Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One that is not there when you play through the Midgar portion of you know original Final Fantasy VII. So I think that's what's most intriguing to me about it now that I've played through the first one is it becomes, it's sort of like when I was watching The Walking Dead get made into a TV series and I'd already read the comics and they kept like most of it the same as the comics, but then like every second or third week they do something different just to like fuck with me because they knew that somebody would be out there watching you to read the comics, right? And so now it's sort of a similar thing here where i'm like hmm like i know this story and i've played final fantasy 7 like a hundred times but i'm just so interested to see which you know deferations they make and what they add right yeah what's funny here is we got a comment here from mystic donkey and this is exactly the demographic that we're talking mm. about only played the remake not the original and it's funny like a lot of like today's gamers they can't play the original because they're like, one, the graphics just look too dumb. And I just, it, it takes me out of it. And two, uh, although we love the turn-based combat because it just reminds, we have nostalgia for it, it would be fucking dumb to like any modern gamer. They'd be like, oh, 100%. So like, the enemy just waits for me to fucking hit them. And you're like, yeah, it's dude, your I turn. tried to stream Final Fantasy VII for a while on Twitch. Okay, <laughs> the original Final. Fantasy I remember VII. when you were doing that. Yeah, I was, and I got like a pretty good chunk of the way. I got out of Midgar, right? So I got through the part that they made into the first part of the remake, basically, yeah. right? Because I was like up on the mountain and shit. I was dealing with Sephiroth burning down my my village and all that bullshit at that point. Spoilers. Um, and basically, I was like, wow, this is really fucking painful because I had to spend a lot of time doing uh, my least favorite thing to have to do in modern video games, which is look up walkthroughs and basically <laughs> cheat my way through the game by getting IGN or whoever to hold my fucking hand. And mm. I like to be fair back in the day, like one of my buddies owned the strategy guide, the like 70 page book for Final Fantasy seven or whatever. And he had to lend it to me for me to beat that game because there are tons of places in that game where I just got left like running in circles, having Jay's least favorite moment in a game ever where I'm like, hey, I killed all the guys. Where the fuck do I go now? <laughs> and not once while playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, really, has that happened to me. I think there was maybe one part where I was doing this. There was all these elevators and platforms, and I got kind of fucking lost. But part of that was probably just because I was high. But Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, the original one. I was high. Like, oh. I was high, right? It's legal here, freaking... everybody. <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine guys it's fine um yeah. but yeah when it came to the original like it is it's a super dated experience and it's like one of the games i've always put up on a pedestal and i have such fond memories of it and honestly going back and playing through like the first like 20 hours 30 hours of the game again i was like yeah i i have no desire to finish this 
Like it, <laughs> it felt painstaking. It's like I felt the way that you felt when you were playing through Hellblade. Yeah. Where I and for a while I was like, I'm gonna finish it because I beat it when I was a kid, and like I don't want to feel like I'm too much of a loser to beat it now as an adult, and I have to finish it because I started it. And then at some point I was like, I'm not having fun. Like this is <laughs> this is not why I play video you games. You didn't do like, what I, I did because I just rage played. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I did that for like 30 hours. To yeah. be fair, like Final Fantasy VII is a lot longer of That's a grind true. probably Hellblade than Hellblade, is seven right? hours, and if it was any longer than that, I probably would have quit too. So yep. <laughs> I, made, I made it, to be fair, like probably like through three or four Hellblades worth of this game, right? And fair. I did hit a wall fair. with it eventually where I was like, yeah, no, this is not an enjoyable experience anymore. I'm already playing through the remake, which I am having a good time with. I'm going to go relive the story that way. Fuck it's, the original. It's game. really funny that and you brought that up. Cause so, if I think back to the nineties, it was pretty much expected that you buy that game and you bought the strategy guide with the game. Everyone 100%. that I knew on that game also had the official strategy guide with it. And it's like, I, I remember getting stuck on this part and I had like my sister's boyfriend who was like a few years older than me. I was like, she was like four years older than me. I think he was a couple years older than her. So he was probably like 18 or something. And I'm like 14 and I'm like, Oh, I'm all, I'm all stuck on final fantasy seven. I can't figure out what the fuck to do. And he was just like, well, do you, don't you have the strategy guide? Like, it was like, I was just such a complete ass for not having the strategy yeah. guide. Like he was, just, well, what do you mean? You didn't buy the strategy guide. And I was like, well, I had you mean like the manual that comes with the game? He's like, no, that's not going to teach you shit. You need to go drop like the entire price of the game again on this fucking book. And I was like, well, I yeah. didn't know. Like, I People, didn't play this Dungeons wasn't and a Dragons fucking as a magazine. Kid. This was a book, bitch. This was a fucking textbook. Like some of them shits were hardcover. All yeah. right. Like some of them were intense. And like, I remember they used to sell them in video game stores and even at like rogers video like even at like rental places there would be like a spinny magazine rack with these freaking huge ass books on it for certain games right and i remember like i don't i don't know whose household all these other final fantasy 7 players grew up in but i'm like mom can can you get me the strategy guide for final fantasy 7 she's like no i'm not spending 70 dollars on a book about a video game what do you think this is i you know how many lawns i had to mow Right, like get. Out I didn't of here. play because I played Final Fantasy Seven at my friend's house because he had a PlayStation and I didn't, and yep. so I played a little bit like when he would let me when uh, it first came out. But I didn't really play that game till like way later. To like I was like, I was like already out of high school. Like I was already like like I was in, I was a young man in my in my early like I think I was just twenty or like maybe nineteen. And then I put, I was playing on my PS2 and we had, I was lucky. And even back then I know, uh, I had the internet. So, uh, whenever I, I think I just looked up, like, how do I get ultimate weapon as quickly as possible? Like, how do I get the best shit? To be fair, like I look back and I'm like, I I think I was, yeah, maybe like 12 or 13 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't have the strategy guide, I think I asked that, you know, my sister's boyfriend there, I think I asked him maybe three or four times in the entire game for help. 
and I beat this like 70 hour game 90% without help. Yeah. And I didn't have the patience to do it now as like a 35 year old man. I look back and I'm like, A, the amount of time I had on my time hands as a kid, probably a big influence there, right? That I'm just like, well, sure, I've been running in circles in this game for three hours looking where to go, but I don't have anything else to do. I'm 12. I think that that's probably part of it. But like, I was like, was I just way more patient as a kid? Was it because the internet didn't exist and we were just so used to getting lost in video games and having to find our own way out of these holes? Was it just that I was higher on the autism spectrum than I am now? Like, I, I honestly don't know. I think maybe it's my just medication like, dulled my my sharpness for. I think <laughs> like also back then, like you had a game. Yeah, and it was like you like your parents usually wouldn't buy you a game until you finished did you finish the other game it's like that was no it. and then you would you'd get through i would it. get games for my birthday or christmas right that yeah. was it you would get games like twice a year I when i got that original ps1 i got final fantasy 7 i got the first tomb raider and uh, which i never beat still because i just wasn't patient enough for it but i beat ff7 and then i had like a wrestling game that my grandma bought me and that was like it yeah those three games was my life for the first six or seven months of owning that console and i bet you even when i beat final no because i've beaten it a few times but i remember probably my first playthrough just like any first playthrough like you don't have any of the good shit like you don't like you probably have like the most inefficient character set and like i don't know like you just like you basic bitch your way through that game and yeah like i still think I agree with you. Like, I think like that, that kind of experience now is just unacceptable. Like no one would, would have the patience to like, to kind of figure that shit out. Oh, hundred percent. Like, and again, that kind of like, it makes me sad. Cause I feel like, I kind of feel like you younger gamers are dumb. And like, I feel, I don't know. Like, I feel like you like having shit handed to you a little bit too much with all these fucking movie games. And I'm not afraid to say it, but, um, no, I just think in today's kind of climate with gaming, like if you don't have like a fuck, if you don't have like a button that like tells you your next directive or like shows you like where you're supposed 100%. to be going, it's just like people are going to be like, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm here to like be entertained. I don't want to have to like sit here and bang my head against the wall for however much time. Uh, absolutely or like even just like the grindiness of those old games right like one of the tips that i got from that buddy who had the strategy guide wasn't even like oh you have to go over here it was me being stuck on some boss and his advice being like oh well just like run around midgar for like seven hours and fight shitty little enemies until you level up enough and i'm just like well that just sounds terrible now though right like i don't know can you imagine if, like, you were trying to beat Final Fantasy VII Remake and someone was like, oh, you just need to, like, run in circles here for 10 more hours and fight the same shitty enemies repeatedly until, like, no, nobody I just, would play that shit. I just recently played, well, I was playing it on my fucking Xbox Series S before they shut down the dev mode, and I was playing it on my, like shittily installed well awesomely installed version of duck station and playing final fantasy 7 in 4k uh the original and but i had the game sped up so and then i was like this is way better and then i would just run in circles really fast and then every now and then i would back it back down to regular speed and i was like this is unplayable like i was like i cannot grind at regular speed so i 100 percent agree with you there like the grind in some of those older games 
was definitely a mechanic of the time and it would just not fly now would absolutely random not fly. battles too like there were so many times in final fantasy 7 where like you do know where you're going and you're like okay i got the item i just need to get back through these tunnels the same way and like i just want to go sell the thing so i can get to the save point because my mom told me dinner's ready and then like every time you freaking run two feet forward it's like yeah another freaking fight and you're just like uh like i just want to get back to the save point so yeah but it's just it's bad game design by today's standards there sure. yeah, that's hilarious because there's definitely parts in final fantasy 7 like especially in midgar where you're going through like the sewer tunnels and there's this one like there's this fork in this one route and this one way you'll go through like seven different screens of like the same kind of tunnel and then there's like a dead end pretty much and, and then you have to go back. And yeah. then you have to go back. And then, yeah. So, like, every second screen, you're going to encounter a fight, and you're like, fuck me. Like, I'm running low on potions, bitch. Like, I just like. 100%, right? Like, and then, like, people were like, oh, they're going to add all this shit to Final Fantasy VII and stretch it out. It was already a 70 hour game. And I'm like, was it, though? Or was it like a 30 hour <laughs> game that they added 8 million random fights to and made you run around you Midgar are for 10 shattering hours? Like, my universe right now. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, was it, though? And it's just like, there was a lot of bullshit in that game that you had to do. <laughs> right? like, like, there was not 70 hours I of would storyline argue... and content. Like, if you boiled Final Fantasy VII down to the main plot points, that is probably an eight-hour story. Like, yeah, they like, dragged that shit out. Like, I would argue, like, even, like, the Chocobo racing bit, like, I was like, no, I, you don't need that. <laughs> like, like, If this was a movie or a TV show, how long would, like, when you go to the Gold Saucer and you play a bunch of fucking casino games and yeah. meet Cat Sith for the first time or whatever, that would be, like one episode of a tv show it would take like 45 minutes for them to tell that story right but in the game you like run around the gold saucer playing casino games for like five fucking hours it's yeah and head. then you get kicked out of there and you're in the desert and then you gotta go back and like oh god now you like dude my world is shattered right now like i just think like, i'm just like that was right around when i quit this time like yeah. it was like when i was like trying to find the gold saucer or something that i had to go to and i was just like you know what i don't even because then i know i'm gonna get there and i'm gonna have to fucking spend five hours running in circles around the fucking gold saucer i just yeah and it's funny because like we always like we talk about how great the story is and the story is great, but it's also great for when you're 12. It's great. Like I think a, a big part of why it was great, too, was because for me, at least, um, Final Fantasy VII, like I was 12 and it was a new generation of hardware. And it was the, one of the first times I point to that I ever like that and Tomb Raider, which ironically were two of the first games I got for that console were two of the first times that I saw a video game tell a story that was a bit deeper than like, you're a monkey and you love bananas <laughs> or like you're a plumber and your princess is being kidnapped by a dinosaur. Right. Yeah. So like Final Fantasy seven told me a story on the scale that like Star Wars would tell me a story. Yeah. And that was a new thing for me from a video game at that age. And so I think that's why so many of us in our generation are super attached to the characters in the story of that game, because it was eye opening to the fact of like what video games would end up becoming in the long run right totally. that it could give you those experiences and take you on like a cinematic journey like i remember when they killed like Aerith off for the first time 
Like that was like one of the most emotional moments of my youth. Totally, because right? like Aerith was like every young boy's first love, and you're just like, oh, hundred percent, yeah. And you're then just they just like, they just kill her. You're like, Spoilers. oh, I spent all this time. Like I, I like her too, and it's just like I did all this stuff, and it's just like I want to save the world. I want to be better to the planet, and it like that totally makes sense. It's just like it was like the first time that it was kind of like a universal story that everyone could get along with. Like everybody wants to like like meet that special somebody and everybody wants to be better to the planet you gotta be a specific type of piece of shit to like be like not connect to those themes right like yeah yeah, exactly they're very acceptable themes corporations bad money bad caring about people good right like and yeah it definitely has that same thing that the early star wars trilogy has going for it right of like the faceless evil empire the rebels who you clearly identify with if you're not a complete piece of human filth right um so yeah very very easy to to get behind but yeah I, i definitely think that it's it's not the greatest story ever written but neither was star wars right it was it was a story that copied a lot of tropes that had already been established and then it just kind of like took high fantasy tropes and put them in space uh and you know final fantasy 7 does the same thing it plays from a lot of sources uh very heavily it's not a particularly original fantasy story uh but like i say i think a huge part of the weight that it carries is just that for a whole generation of people it was like the first time we saw a video game really tell us a story at all yeah, speaking of telling stories here, I'm going to segue into this next topic here. Um, Elden Ring director thinks George R. R. Martin might be shocked by by what he's done to his characters. Shocked. Shocked. Yeah, I thought this was funny. I thought this article was definitely um, sensationalist uh, headline writing to some degree, right? Like I At first, it, it sounds like he's going to be taking a shit all over George R. R. Martin's characters or something. Like, I was like what um but then when i read it you know like i think he's mainly just talking about the fact that martin designed lore for this world but that the era that the game takes place in is so far after that lore took place that a lot of those characters have undergone some pretty dramatic transformations and will be kind of far removed from the way that martin wrote them um but i'm pretty sure that when they would have signed him on for this project I really doubt that they did this as like pulling a fast one on him and no, we're like, yeah. hey, design all these character bios and then those will be the characters exactly the way they are in the game. I'm sure they went to him and were like, hey, we want you to design some deep lore for like the history of the world. And then we're going to build on that. So I think he's very aware that they're going to do something with his ideas and take his ideas somewhere. Right. Also, so- George R. R. Martin is not a game developer and he's like, doesn't make video games. And I would say he's probably never heard of from software before he got asked to do this project with them. And then they probably had to tell him they were like, they made dark souls. And he's like, I've heard those two words before. And he's like, sure. His agent was, probably like george uh kids play these games just trust me yeah and uh you know they're fantasy games and you're a fantasy writer yeah so this crazy kooky uh, place in japan wants you to come visit and they want you to uh write some stuff for them and he was probably like yeah free chip trip to japan i'm down for that and then he was like what the fuck is dark souls i'm not making this and then like his wife was like just tell him it's a zelda game 
Yeah. Just say it's, just say it's a Zelda game. It's just Big Zelda. And he was like, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, they did exactly that. And I think I think this is really cool because, like, he went there. Like, just think about that wild experience for someone, like, to be that age. And he is so well-renowned for what he does. And, like, he's, like, he's, like, on this, like, pinnacle, like, where he's just, like, this is just, like, one of those wacky things that he got asked to do. Like, it's, like, when you're a fucking movie star and then they ask you to go to Japan to shoot, like, a fucking <clears throat> caramel whiskey, like, weird, like, whatever commercial in Japan that's or only fucking in Japan. Keanu Reeves coming out to introduce cyberpunk, right? Exactly. Like, shit like that. Like, like it's just, like, Keanu this Reeves weird... doesn't even play video games. <laughs> exactly. It's just this weird fucking thing. He was like, yeah, okay. <clears throat> sure. Like, tell them my usual fee. And it's like, all right. They agreed to that. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, let's just, uh, I'm gonna take a runny dump and let's get this over with and like bang it out. And then, so he went 100%. there and then I'm sure they, they were just like, Hey, we're, we love your work. Could you write us? Could you make us a world? Just give us a base, give us a foundation to build off of. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what George R. R. Martin's part was in the making of Elden Ring. So what he did for Miyazaki was he made Middle Earth for them, basically. So he, Well, that's what I was laughing at when I read this article, because yeah. I was like, well, there's an old ring of power. There's uh, essentially what was referred to in Lord of the Rings as the breaking of the world, which yeah. has now become the shattering. And then Middle Earth, and it's called what, like the Lands Between yeah. or something? I laughed out loud when I read Lands Between. But I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Because in the same way, like I said, that Star Wars was just like, oh, Gandalf in space, now he's Obi-Wan. There's nothing wrong with playing from good source material and being inspired by it. The Wheel of Time ripped off Lord of the Rings super hard, and it was a very successful series of books. Good uh, so artist no- copy, great artist steal. So it's just like... 100%. Yeah. I have no problem with it, but it was something that as a massive Lord of the Rings fanboy, I definitely chuckled as I was reading like the concepts and names of all these things in the universe, and I was like, well, he's definitely pulling from probably his favorite book as a kid directly here and totally that's, that's awesome. and like who wouldn't want like and they've made some dog shit lord of the rings games there have been a few mm-hmm. good ones but they've made some absolute dog shit lord of the Rings, and then they've made some dog shit lord of the rings movies too but who wouldn't want middle earth in like an open world rpg game that was good so i think this was a slam dunk but yeah, like I think it would be hard to explain what they do to somebody who doesn't play your games and like doesn't like know your industry. So yeah, that's all they they just wanted that palette. They just wanted that base to go off of. And they were like, yeah, just create us a lo- like we want something like Lord of the Rings. You're good yeah. at that. And then he was like, I could I could ramble that off. Here you go. Boom. Lands between. Shattering exactly. the ring. Wrote this on the toilet this morning. Yeah. There you go, right? And honestly, like, I think it sounds great. If you have any doubts out there that ripping off somebody else's material and make it your own can be a really good thing and create a really successful property, go watch Stranger Things and get back to me. Because Stranger Things is literally made by a team of people that tried to get the rights to make the new It movie, and they lost out to the people that did end up making the new It movie. And they went, fuck it. We'll just write our own Stephen King show. 
Yeah. And even the font Stranger Things is the font that is on Stephen King's old novels, right? Yeah. Like everything about it is just a tribute to those old Stephen King miniseries that they would have grown up watching, like the original The Stand and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that that's a beautiful thing. And that was like one of, if not the most successful original properties that Netflix ever put forth. And it was literally just like a love letter to Stephen King. Uh, so, yeah, if this is a love letter to Lord of the Rings, as a Lord of the Rings fan, I feel the same way that I did as a Stephen King fan. I'm just like, sick. Yeah, give me more of that. Tolkien's not here anymore. Right. Yeah. Some more of that shit, you know. And like, I just when I read this, I I, I was like, this is some exactly the same way. I was like, this is some sensational fucking article writing here. Uh, kudos. But um, I'm really amped for this game, as you tell. But I'm really amped that it's bringing in new players. So not just Souls vets like me or like people that just love to suck the From Software dick as I do. Um, I will gargle that all day long. Um, but uh, like I've made some videos recently and like a lot of people addressed like, oh, it's not going to be as hard as the other games. And it's like, it's going to be hard, bitch. Like every game that they put out is increasingly more difficult than the previous one because they just get better at boss design. They just get better at all these things. What they've done, though, is so smart is they just made it more accessible in a way that doesn't mean dumb down the the volume on it. Like they 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 included new mechanics to where like because there's people that just want to play with a bow and arrow. There's people that like played Skyrim and like played the whole game with a bow and arrow and they want to do that. So it's like in the other games, you would get fucking stomped out by the first starter enemies if you try to use your bow. Like like it just yeah. won't happen. And that sucks because there's genuinely people who are like, I just like to keep my distance and snipe things out. And that's how and I like it. And then it also begs the question of like, why fucking have the bow in the game if you're going to punish me that hard for using it? Right. Yeah. So I do think that to some degree, yeah, that can be argued that like more balance is a good thing. Yeah. Right? And then they also included now like there's more stealth mechanics because there's people that are like, well, I don't want to kill every single enemy that I see on the screen. Like I want to just like, what if I can I just avoid those dudes and then just like go through the story elements. It's like that those types of people still have to fight the boss, but it's like, yeah, maybe you don't want to kill every single enemy. So they included that. So they've done these really smart things. And this is a cool feature that I think will be really huge there. And then I know this is probably like mainstay for a lot of online play, but there's a summoning pool. So like, mm. if you don't have a friend that plays Souls games with you or wants to play Souls games with you, you could just go to one of these summoning pools and then you could just p pick somebody out of the summoning pool and then like, hey, I need help with this boss. And then there's always going to be somebody there. Whereas before, like you had to have someone meet you at a specific spot, put their, they, they had to put down like a sign that you would see and then you could summon them in. I think I think the fact that people online were even, you know, reacting in that way, like, it's not going to be as hard, man. Um, I think those people have to ask themselves some questions, right? Yeah. Because it's like, okay, first off, you're probably right. And the differences that they're making are probably more minor than what these people are leaping to that, like, just because they're changing the formula, they're panicked. It's something that they care about. But like, let's just say, let's play devil's advocate here a little bit. And let's just say from software made a game. That was a lot easier. And maybe it was only like Witcher three levels of hard. And maybe they made a game and they tried to appeal to a different audience. Like 
why does that make you so fucking mad? Because even if they did that, that doesn't mean that they're never going to make another Demon Souls. And it's like, if you like this developer and you're super behind them, shouldn't you want them to make a lot of money? Yeah. And like, then they could make all the Demon Souls because they have the money to do it. So if they put out an audience like or a game that captures a larger audience, like I just think you have to have the foresight as as a fan of them and their product to be like, Oh, if they, you know, if I like chocolate and they put vanilla out and more people buy vanilla, it doesn't mean you're going to lose chocolate. That just means they have more money to make more ice cream now. Right. Yeah. So just I let think them do their this, thing. I think they did this super smart because there's always been ways in all of the games to make it super fucking easy and you can like one shot stuff, but it was kind of like cryptic and like you had to be like hardcore. But now they've just made it so like anybody can figure out or like use different mechanics to make the game easier on themselves. You don't have to use those. Like, um, I don't want to get too technical here. Um, in the game, there's these things called sleep arrows, and you can shoot enemies with them and it puts them to sleep with one shot, and even big enemies. So people are like, Well, that's bullshit. You can just fucking sleep arrow everything. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have to use sleep arrows. So, like, mm -hmm. if you don't want to just like put everything to sleep, you could just not use the arrows. And in my, and you have to craft these arrows. And in my time with the network test, I didn't do any crafting. I just played it like I normally would. And the game was exactly how I expected it. And it was fucking ruthless. But well, like, that was the other thing I was going to say. Like, I assume these sleep arrows will probably be a difficult to find or take some time to craft. And you'll have to go get all these crafting materials. And most open world RPGs have some element like that. It's like, would The Witcher 3 have been way the fuck easier for me if I had gotten some master armor crafted by one of those dwarves that was so hard to find? Yes. Did I bother getting all of those materials and bringing it back to one of those master crafting dwarves? No. Right. So like, I don't know. I don't think that that's a problem because it's not like you can be like, well, the armor is so overpowered. It's like, yeah, but it takes me fucking forever to even go get the shit. Yeah. So you're just left with a choice as a gamer, right, of how you want to invest your time. Do you want to invest your time having harder fights, which was what I chose to do in that particular game? Right. Or do you want to invest your time running around and finding all this shit so you can make the core fights easier? Right. Exactly. So, and yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm really proud of the uh, like of From Software and like we brought it up before um and this could be for any developer that you follow. Like if like like don't worry about Call of Duty and don't worry about Battlefield. They're going to be fine. Like they have so much money. Like don't worry about them. But when you buy smaller games like this, like it was not that long ago where like a glitch in the DLC that caused it to be given out for free almost bankrupted them. So now that they've made some smart decisions and uh, like they've they made a bunch of sequels to a very popular game because they, ma they made something that hit the mainstream and they're just like, okay, more of that. It's going to fund later projects and then they make these weird ones every now and then that people are like i didn't like that one that much i'm gonna play more dark souls and it's like yeah we know that but give this uh developer another chance but i think now like after their they made Sekiro with activision i think they got some serious fu money after doing that partnership and then now they're just like we don't really need to make like another exclusive for playstation
Like we For can, sure, man. We can just continue. Like a lot of people are like, I want Sony to buy from software. I'm like, I don't. Like I want from software mm. keeping their an individual company that just keeps making cross platform games because like Bloodborne is a masterpiece, but there's still a huge chunk of Souls players that haven't played Bloodborne because they refuse to buy a PS4 or a PS5. Yep, totally fair. I think, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like how Elden Ring does and whether you said like it if it attracts a ton of new players for them and puts new eyes on them as a developer, then yeah, I just I see that as nothing but a positive thing. And if making some changes to the game makes it more accessible to a new fan base, that's smart, right? And like you said, like there will be ways you could approach the game if you're somebody that wants it to be super hard. I'm sure there will be ways you can approach it that would make it super hard. There's but still I, a soul level one character, so it's like you start with nothing and you have the shittiest stats. It's like you can always you go, just, like, right? you can always <clears throat> just do that. Yeah, and you know most games do have some sort of a hard mode or a legendary mode or something, right? And so it's the to me, I'm like that's the same thing. It's like. Uh, the people that like playing through Halo on legendary mode. It's like, should Halo only exist on legendary mode just because you really like being challenged that hard, right? So I think that that's a weird place to be. And I think the fact that their games have been traditionally known for that difficulty level leads to this certain attitude of like, I play from software games. And it's like a badge of honor to them, right? That they play these really hard games. And now they're scared, like, it's going to, like, it, it's okay, guys. Like, no one's going to take your merit badge away if they make a game that's easier for some other people to get into. Yeah, and they're you like, could yeah, still my, go play it. It's like, yeah, my, uh, my niece beat Elden Ring. And then it's just like, oh, I'm not as cool anymore. And it's like, like, I'm very well aware as, like, I'm a Souls nerd and, like, I'm one of those elitist bitches. And... I'm well aware that a lot more people that have probably never played another Souls game are going to play this game and they're going to beat it. And that doesn't bother me. Like for me, it's just, I'm just like, I know they will have their time with it and it'll just be like the hot game of the week to them. And then they'll play through it or maybe they won't even finish it and then they'll just move on. But I'm just happy in my mind because I'm like, my favorite developer is getting that money regardless and they're just going to keep making more games that I love. And I'm just happy that right now it's in the mainstream. If I feel like a metal fan in the eighties, like, I'm just like, this is cool. Yeah, like, man. It's like, that's just it. I'm always like that when things that I like blow up and it's crazy how many people have that attitude with everything where it's like, they'll like a band till they get big or like things mm. like that. And it's like, they hate products just for getting acknowledged. And like, they want it to be their own little secret. Oh, I really liked that show till everyone started watching it. I really liked that game till everyone started playing. It. It's like, shut up. Like, that's good that all these other people have discovered this thing that you liked and they see value in it. And the fact that more money and time and eyes are going to it just makes it more likely that you will get more of that thing that you originally liked so much. So just like, where is the problem? Like, you should want them to release something that blows up and yeah. like sells witcher three levels of copies and whatnot right because like yeah good then then you'll get five more demon souls sequels because they'll have the money to fund them right and so yeah i don't know if you if you look at the idea as somebody's you know 12 year old niece beating elden ring and it's that big of a blow to your ego then frankly you need to go do your dishes 
you know like yeah, there should you need be to go something else yeah there should be something else you are deriving some, from some, some self-worth from and you can start by doing your dishes trust me but uh honestly i think this is a great thing for from software and i'm excited for you uh that this developer that you care about so much is getting this much shine because they're definitely getting a lot more press leading into elden ring here than i've seen them get with any of their previous releases for sure. yeah like i remember sekiro being like a big launch and like it still wasn't even that much but this is like yeah. it's just like hype on top of hype on top of hype um, yeah, like I feel like Elden Ring is getting like Halo Infinite amounts of press, right? Like it's getting yeah. marquee AAA game amounts of press, and that's very impressive for such a small. And I wonder if it was their whole lack of campaign because they had that teaser trailer that came out at E3 2019, or was it 2018? I don't. I think it was 2019. Yeah, E3 2019, and then silence for two years. The theme of the night tonight is people announcing things at E3 and then doing nothing with it for years. We yeah. brought up Final Fantasy VII doing that as well, right? Like that's a and then Cyberpunk was the same too. Like they had like their little teaser and then like nothing for years, and like yeah, yeah like it got wild. Like there's a subreddit and the for Elden Ring, and then people were like making up theories and like making up characters and like making lore for their made up characters. Like it was fucking it was wild times, uh, for a bit there. Um, let's get ready to wrap this bitch up. Do you have any other topics you want to go over before we, we end the show here? No, not a ton, man. I'm going to be making a couple new videos this week. Cause I know the, uh, video on the two mini consoles that I put up on the new Sega Astro city mini and the Taito egret Two, it's actually doing all right. So if you guys want to drop by, check that one out. I will be doing another upcoming video delving more just into the Sega itself, as that's the one that I'm more excited about out of the two of them and a bit more about the individual games that are going to be featured there. So that should be cool. And I'm also going to have my first movie related video ever coming up on the channel, uh, which is going to be about the thing prequel, the 2011 version of the thing, which is much maligned, much maligned. And uh, I've got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts on this film. I feel I need to share. It's, you know, Jay I, Retro and I talked past- about this before the show and I was like, these are some good talking points. So is this video going to be out before the next podcast? Yes. Yes, it will. So I'm not going to spoil it now yeah. and uh, and lay the points out. I want people to actually go watch the video. So give me a follow or subscribe on YouTube. And if that video does all right, and then I might make some more movie reviews and stuff like that. Cause I do watch a lot of movies on the side. And then maybe I'll help you change your banner. So like, it'll like we'll throw up some like VHS tapes with those retro console Ooh, controllers. We'll touch on some other aspects of retro. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Think, hey, that's in your wheelhouse. Um, yeah, sure, I think man. that'd be rad. If it's out, if it's out before next week's podcast, we could do like a breakdown. Cause I think it's a, it's a really good topic to talk about because thanks man. The Thing is a fucking rad movie, and um, I'll also just say that the 2011 uh, The Thing was pretty okay, and I don't think people should shit on it. Hot take. That's Hot all, take. That's, that's, that's we'll have say. to see how you stack up compared to my notes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to drop that one. What do you have coming up? What's in the works? What have you dropped recently? What's on the way? Uh, before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody again, go 
follow Jay Retro on his Twitch channel. He's at 117. Let's try to get him up to 200. So if you are on Twitch, go follow him there. Uh, what was your schedule again, your new streaming schedule? I'm going to be streaming on Fridays and Saturdays at noon. So 3 p.m. Eastern, but noon my time, that's Pacific Standard Time. And so that should be every Friday, Saturday. I'm thinking to throw in a Sunday night stream in there too, but I'm going to start on Friday, Saturdays for now. We'll see how it goes. But weekends in general, come check me out. Come hang out. Talk Halo with me. Tell me what shooter campaign I should play after I beat Infinite. I have no idea where we're going next. Yeah. And go watch, uh, like he just mentioned, his newest video that's on his YouTube channel. Let's get that number above 200 views. Let's do that. Um, But yeah, okay. So what am I up to? Uh, So I'm still working on the road to Elden Ring. I kind of changed it up, though, because I felt like it might have been a little bit confusing because all my thumbnails had big Elden Ring font on them, but they're about the Mm. older games and their walkthroughs. So I just, uh, it's still called The Road to Elden Ring, but now I've just changed the thumbnails up. I just recently did Bloodborne, which is episode four, my favorite game. So that was an easy episode to make. And I've also been dropping uh, hot news on Elden Ring. Shocking. Um, And those videos have been blown up. So I'm going to have to do a lot more of the same of that. And just today, I launched my merchandise. So you can Hey-o. get a Fornitron hoodie like I'm wearing right now. And it's a zip-up hoodie, which is my faves. And I've also been sneakily wearing a Fornitron t-shirt for a few months now. And I switch it out between this and one of my band t-shirts that's like the same logo here. Uh, so if you look on the site here... It also has writing on the back. So does this one here, but I'm just not going to face my back. Um, and it says, let's get a brutal. Just like my, my catchphrase. Um, but that's not my main thing. I just thought the March thing was a little bit of fun. And plus I get to wear shit with my name on it. Um, and I thought that was cool. But nice. I'm going to be having a new video come out maybe tomorrow, probably tomorrow. And then a few Grab this week. All right. But um, I definitely will not be on Twitch. Go follow Jay Retro on Twitch. I'm not. Yeah, come hang out with me. Come hang out with me. Jim, Jimmy might show up on Twitch again one day, but not not right now. That's fine. You're going hard, man. You're grinding. You don't have time May- for that shit. Maybe, but like, I've been also thinking, uh, like, when I'm just like rage playing fucking Hellblade, I'm like, should I stream while I'm doing this? But like, there's a lot of times where I just want to sit and <clears throat> mutter in silence and just be like, fuck this. Yeah, game. that's fair, man. That's fair. <laughs> Like every 20 minutes or so. I'm trying to stick to, to only streaming games that I really enjoy and that hopefully won't make me too mad. I think that's a big part of it for sure. But yeah, I would I would say definitely don't don't stream you rage uh, playing through Hellblade unless that's the whole joke. And you're just like, come watch me get really mad at Hellblade for eight hours because I hate this fucking game. And like that actually might get some views. I do that. But then like and then in the subconsciously, you're like, I got to turn it up a little bit. And then like you'll be like, ah, and like and it's like, is it really that bad? And it's like, well, some parts were OK. So that's like, true. Then you're exaggerating for the point of emphasis. I always found like I would get mad on stream about some shit and I would get mad at myself. I'd be like, man, don't get mad on stream. You fucking loser. People would think it was hilarious. They would be yeah. having way more fun than i was usually yeah me getting mad at video games so something to keep in mind there i think there is an audience for it but i respect it if it's just not something you want to do with your time yeah you're putting out so many videos lately man like you're grinding well yeah because like i've got a sweet setup now and it's pretty much everything that i've ever wanted it to be like right now in my 
studio here uh, for the podcast. It's pretty much similar to my YouTube setup. It's just like, I used to like plug everything into my, well, I used to just have my camera and then like record the SD card and then import it and chop up the footage. And that shit took forever. And it was just like, did it equal more views? No. And then now like I've got it set up like basically like a stream setup. And then I just like hit record and then. Yeah, that's how it needs to be. And then I just like chop it up and then I can do good stuff with the editing. And then boom, like I'm crushing it with views from that and it's like that just goes to show you people sometimes you'll put a lot of resources into one thing and you're just mismanaging your resources put your resources somewhere else like so true yeah true like you will focus like so much time on like uh aspect and then you will get a bad roi as they say in the biz in in corpo so return on investment for all you plebs out there so that's why I still use this camera because it's like I could go buy a better camera, but is that better camera going to get me thousands of extra viewers on YouTube or something like no, no one gives a shit. No the content I make does. And if I eventually make enough money off that content that, that, that I could go buy a better camera then like, yeah, sure. That's cool. It's nice to have a higher quality. Um, but you know, don't go blow a ton of money on gear at the start or something like no. thinking that's what you need to do to attract people. Like just make better content. I remember, like, maybe if this was 2014 and it was like, how do I have a leg up over the majority of content creators? It was like, go get yourself a fucking sick camera and, like, microphone set up. Because everyone back then was using bullshit equipment. 480p yeah. recordings. Yeah, but so ne- if, you were, if you were in HD while everybody else was in standard or something, then yeah, you definitely stood out. But now when everybody's phone films in fucking 4K, like that, and it's like every asshole now has like the new Elgato fucking key light and all the, the whole setup shit. And it's just like you're just another asshole with like a really tight setup. And it's like, is your content good though? And it's like, no, well, that's not going to equal more views. I was like the camera that I have for this show. So Jay Retro's looking at me through like just like a regular webcam. But for the show, I use my DSLR. I was like, this camera's not that great. I'm going to get uh, an even more expensive camera. And then now I'm just like, fuck it. This camera is awesome for the content that I make. Yeah, maybe if I hit 100K subs, then I'll get new shit. But like for now, like this is like with the microphones that we got and like this camera, like dude, like I'm like already up way past a bunch of other creators, but it was not until unlike when I was a musician and a band that just played one note stomped me out. uh, I would just watch these other game uh, YouTubers fucking just like, ramble on their phone no cuts or nothing and just crush views and i was just like what the fuck am i doing here like recording shit on a camera onto sd and then like importing it and fucking doing multiple angles and i was like it was all bullshit and it was just like dude it's not worth it not worth it at all especially for like yeah it's the sort of content that we're making yeah like no no one cares if you're funny, okay. that they only care if you're funny. If you're funny and you're providing valuable content, which I hope we are for you guys, for y'all. 100%. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up, guys. Go out there, make some content, 
and uh, you know, just make the stuff you're passionate about, and don't waste all your money on gear. That's our start, advice for this. Start week. Start with what you have right now, and be fine with that. And then remember what we said at the beginning of the video. Whatever you're about to release, if you are not prepared to make a hundred videos about the same thing, that's probably not the content that you should be making. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, that honestly is some of the best advice that you'll ever get when it comes to content creation. Because like we said earlier, me and Jimmy have made that mistake. Several times. Make a video. We've, we've had multiple, multiple videos explode and go viral. And then we're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I, I still, to this day, get people being like, hey, how do I do this when I'm hacking my PlayStation Classic? And I'm like, I don't know. I unhacked mine. I haven't hacked a PlayStation Classic in like a year and a half. I have no idea how the newest versions of those softwares even work yeah. now. Here's um, what you do. Go to that video. Look at the date of when I posted it, okay? <laughs> Travel back to that time because that J Retro probably gave a shit, okay? This one does not. <laughs> uh can't can't you can't you see that my latest video is about fucking a different mini console or halo or something else unrelated but that's okay it's i don't blame those people they're just trying to do their shit make the stuff you're passionate about and then you won't be pissed off if it does pop off for sure what are your plans for this week what games are you gonna play this week you think so first off, I'm going to keep getting this bread in Fortnite because I need to go get my Spider-Man skin, okay? I need to get to page nine of the Battle Pass or page eight, whatever the fuck it is. I need Spider-Man. Your boy loves Spider-Man. Next I'm week, not I want a fucking W somewhere in your background. I just want like a big W somewhere <laughs> just like because you're bringing home all those wins. Yeah, because I'm just getting W's. Yeah. I, will, I will do it for you, sir um and then i'm gonna like pull up an a and w bag and it's just gonna be like w and w on the side though yeah or you're w, just like no or you're gonna like um, come out with your own fucking salad dressing because you're just like throwing sauce everywhere you're just like a sauce a sauce yeah yeah i'm the new paul newman motherfuckers <laughs> i got salad dressings coming out the wazoo i'm probably going to be diving into obviously this weekend a bunch of more halo infinite i am only playing that game on stream so i'm saving it for the weekends so mm -hmm. like i hope you guys appreciate that that's a sacrifice for me because jay wants to play halo all the time but I'm leaving it for the weekend and I'm going to be digging into some more cyberpunk. I'm about three and a half hours into cyberpunk and I'm freaking really enjoying it. So I'm going to keep playing the show that I also downloaded off game pass uh, last night. It's called 12 hours or something along those lines. And it sort of looks like a little bit more like one of the tail telltale games, bit of like a interactive, you know, kind of choose your own adventure sort of story that I might play uh, kind of like as I'm like winding down in bed at night, but it looks really cool. It's actually got some bigger name actors involved in the project. And it seems to have something to do with a guy kind of like caught in a time loop. So he, the kind of groundhog day style, you're repeating the same day's event over and over mm. again but like a creepy groundhog day so it looks cool it's I, I don't know if you could call it survival horror but it definitely looks like a bit of like a you know psychological thriller sort of game and i'm really actually interested uh to see what they do with that one so that's something i might dig my teeth into tonight uh after we're done what are you going to be playing this week my friend now that you've raged your way through hellblade <laughs> okay so this week um, I definitely want to get as close as possible to finishing Halo Infinite. And 
oh, I can't decide if I should either bite the bullet and play Ghost of Tsushima and hate that game, or if I should play the Final Fantasy VII remake or the Neo games, and or like I got a bunch, like or that or play Star Wars. Uh, what's that one that's on Game Pass? Uh. Which, there's a bunch of Star Wars games on Game Pass. There's Squadrons. The, there's it's like the newest game that just came out. Well, it's been uh, a few well, years. Squadrons was newer, but you're probably thinking of the one um, with the red-haired kid. Yes, and I'm gapping out on the name of it too now. And I but you know like what I'm talking idiot. about. I played the first few hours of it, and I always forget what the fuck it's called. Like always. Um, but I played the first few hours of it. It was pretty solid. I wanna... It basically just feels like Uncharted, but in Star Wars world. Oh, I um, wanted to play because people call it the Souls game, the Star Wars, like the Souls of Star Wars, like the Souls games of Star Wars. So that uh, fa- Fallen Order. Fa- I knew Fallen it was like Order. Fallen Order, yeah. Jedi Order. Uh, and and, like, and like my brain, every time I try to think of the name of it, my brain always goes to The Force Awakens. And I'm like, no, it's a fucking name of a movie, Jay. And I know <laughs> that. But that's always where my brain that's goes. That's a movie. <laughs> They both start with an F, right? Yeah. Force Awakens, hey, Fallen Ma, Order. That's a movie. He's fucking tired of what a movie this, over this here. Fuck is, he thinks the game's a movie, Ma. <laughs> yeah, Ma. He doesn't even know what games are, Ma. Ma, put the fucking fettuccine down. This guy over here, I think that's a fucking movie. You might really enjoy Fallen Order. I don't know, you know, as a guy that hasn't played through the actual Demon Souls games, I can't say whether it's that hard, but it definitely was pretty fucking challenging for mm-hmm. like me, my first playthrough through it. I remember getting into like one of the first time I encountered a bit of a bigger enemy and being like, oh, I uh, I did not expect to just get my shit pounded like that. Um, so yeah, definitely the combat's a little more difficult than I was expecting. I also just really like what they've done with the storyline out of the first you know three or four hours that i played through i think it's pretty good so anytime there's more than a couple one. of minutes of dialogue though i'm like skip <laughs> well don't do that thing because then you're missing out on the point of the game dude right? like, you're gonna get so i know we're trying to wrap this up but like uh you're gonna get so mad at me halo infinite i can't remember what mission it was but like the pilot starts like freaking out and he's like He's like, these people died or like this ship just crashed or like that, whatever. I'm like, I don't give a shit. And I just like skipped it. And then like it was like a note on so many good lines from Chief in that scene later on. And then it was just like, go find the pilot now. And I'm just like, oh, he obviously got mad and stormed off. And I was like, no, no, it's a different pilot. I think you're looking for. But it's I don't know. It's like he's the comic relief. You're not supposed to like the shit he's saying, but he's like the C-3PO of that game. Right. But I don't know. Whatever. I like. I'm like, I don't care. Skip. I play games for storylines, man. We're very different in that regard, right? Like, I I enjoy gameplay and I enjoy challenge. When it's like like, getting too much, I'm just like, I like like it where it's just like... There are not a lot of cutscenes in that game. I think that's a ridiculous game to say it was getting too much because you probably played like an hour and a half of shooting people and then they tried to show you two minutes of somebody talking and you were like, nope, it's getting too much. I was, I was, I was like, I was like, like within 30 seconds, I was like, I don't care. I was like, just, just fly the ship. Okay. I don't care about this guy. We, we got him to try new games guys. So like we, we've got him. He's gone partway there. He's got one foot in the boat now. He might even give the games a fair shot in the future. Wouldn't that be... Isn't that a bitch, too, <laughs> that you got to hold Cortana out like that all the time? Like, you're just like... She, that's how she is? Like, it's just like... She can't just, like, be a hologram like in uh, Blade Runner? Like, the newer Blade Runner? 
Like, imagine having to hold out your hand like that. You're like, God, this bitch is still talking. My arm's getting tired. But he is Master Chief a machine or is he a dude? He's a kid that was kidnapped as a child and forced into training. Uh, so all the Spartans so are basically they're they're basically all kidnapped and forced into training at a young age, and a lot of them die during the training. And then the ones that make it through are Spartans. But he was like the first Spartan, basically, or like the most important one that they like gave the super soldier serum to. I think he was the first guy that lived. Um, and so you know he's kind of amongst all the other super soldiers, he's still looked up to. He's like Captain America. For that universe that reminds me of a 90s movie called soldier with russell crowe it is kind of like soldier in some regards i always compared uh master chief my my simplest explanation of him to other people that don't play those games is i always say he's like if captain america and iron man were the same person but he's in space he's a super soldier who also wears a hyper intelligent suit of cyber armor so he's got both of those things going for him and then in space. Well, he's also like the Mandalorian because he never takes his helmet off. And he doesn't talk a lot. And when he does, it's usually in like a Christian Bale Batman voice, right? Like, I don't know. That's what I find funny about that game when that guy's freaking out. Because the pilot will always be going off about some shit. And like like at the start of the game when he's like, you have one bullet. And Chief is just like, it's enough. I laughed. I, just, at, I made fun I of that love part. That shit. I was I just like, I see, we're opposites. Like, because when he said that, I was like, who the fuck? Like, who's loving this corny shit? It, it's enough. And then, like, he like this guy. He shoots like a plasma thing, and it blows up the wall. And then he finds more amp. Like, I'm just like, this yeah. is this is ridiculous. He's the chief because it's something someone would say in a fucking Marvel movie. It's the same. That's thing. exactly not, what I compared it to. Right? You're not supposed to take it any more seriously than you would take going to see the Avengers in the theater. That's me, the part right? that I compared it to. I was like, yeah. uh, it reminded me of the first Avengers when. Um, like uh tony is in the iron man suit and then he goes after thor and he's like i do have a plan attack and you're like sure <laughs> great that's awesome i love those movies i love these games i'm not like looking for deep dialogue from the master chief in the same way that like when christian bale is like i'm bad bad i'm not like <laughs> mad at that i'm like yeah that's sick that's what batman would say there master chief is a very one-dimensional character right like he just says tough soldier guy things and he only knows fighting and killing and that's his entire character you know yeah that's who he is more depth to it than that yeah well he was literally kidnapped as a child and taught nothing but that right so that's what what i think is funny about it it's like of course that's what master chief would say because like what he's not going to be like you're right. You have a very rational point. We're we're undergunned. We're uh, we're outmanned. Let's get in the Pelican and fly home to Earth and get some more soldiers. It's like no, of course he's going to be like it's enough because that's who he is. I think I think he needs more one liners. Like uh, maybe I missed out because you're I skipping past half of them. <laughs> you're exactly. skipping past the one liners, bro. Past the one liners. You're killing me. <laughs> you're killing. <laughs> yeah, like when he was like, it's enough. I fucking busted a gut i was like fuck off (laughs) i was like if they wanted to end him why wouldn't they just shoot him in the face instead of throwing him out in the space and i was like that was a dumb move on the on the gorilla i don't think he meant it i'd have to rewatch that cinematic but i don't think he meant to just like i thought didn't he get like shot and he dropped master chief into space or something no i I think he just thought there was more of a reason than that 
I think you like. Did he just get cocky? Just threw him out into space. Just thought he would die. No, I'll know. have to rewatch that part. Yeah, but it's that like that's the trope in every action movie. It's just like why? I was going to say that's definitely not exclusive to Halo, right? No, like, I expect you to die, Master Mister Bond. Right? Or they like, like shoot the, the main protagonist in the chest, and it's like he's got a bulletproof vest on later. It's like why don't you just shoot him in the face? <laughs> yeah, it's the same shit they were making fun of in Austin Powers. Right? Yes, like why don't you just fucking kill him now? No, I'm going to put him in an easily escapable situation. <laughs> With one inept guard, and then I'm gonna assume he's dead. Yeah. What? <laughs> I got a gun in my room right now. I could just go get it. <laughs> do it right you now. You don't get it, do you, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm a huge. I'm a huge sucker for that sort of shit, though. Right? Like that's the sort of stuff I watch. Right? So that's just me. Well, those are my goals for this week. So I will definitely. We'll have I'll have more updates for you. I'm gonna actually just like lurk your 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 uh your stream and then just like get more tactics. I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna do that and then get through this game. It'll be great. You'll learn how to be better at the game and you'll catch all the cinematics that you're skipping. So well, I'll, that's when I'll tune out. I'll be like, I'm yeah, he's like, no, this. that's when I go get a new Coke Zero. So shut exactly. up. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Coke Zero. The update required podcast would like to say that we're not official affiliates of Coke Zero, but we. I'm would gonna like keep to turning be. the can to this side until they do officially sponsor us. Yes, but like. This could be turned to the logo. That's all I'm saying. Somebody from Coca-Cola, please reach out to us. If you do, <laughs> I will have cases of Coca-Cola in my background that I will keep uh, for the podcast. Can we get like some polar bear lamps or something? I want a mini fridge. <laughs> I want oh, a I, mini like, fridge. <laughs> I played for a second. I was like. What the fuck are you talking? Polar bear lamps. I was like, they what is that? Those fucking polar bears. Yeah, it's like the mascot. It took my fucking processor a minute to process that. Okay, like I was just like, <laughs> oh, he's talking about the Christmas polar bears. Yeah, it was like six degrees of Coca Cola, and you were trying to connect the dots. Yeah. Dude, I was. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, like if polar bears are from Antarctica. And Kevin Bacon was in this movie. Yeah. Like, I was kind of, like, turnt for a second there. I was like, what are you, you, like, why would you ruin a moment like that by bringing up some random shit? (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, I'm dumb. I'm the dumb one who skipped the cutscene and missed out on the (laughs) (laughs) one-liners. He got halfway through that Coke commercial and he was like, you know what? This is too much. <laughs> too much. Oh, wait. My my computer is currently being crypto mined right now because Dark Souls hacked <laughs> We're going to wrap it up here, everybody. We're going to leave on a high note. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks again to all of our people that are hanging out live in the chat or just lurking. And for those of you watching at home, we appreciate you so much. Please subscribe to our channel. Let's get us to 100 subscribers hopefully by the end of the month so we could lock down the update required podcast and we don't have to have to be like hashtag percent sign blah 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 address at the end of youtube please help us not have a number at the end of our youtube link please 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 uh we're gonna head out of here but as always just do us one last favor have yourselves a great day peace out everybody cheers everybody bye